0: Welcome to the next bracket for the movie madness. We did this last year for the actor bracket, where we took four, uh, you know, uh, whether they're known or not actors that we all randomly decided and ranked a bunch of their films to make our official stance on who of the four was the best actor. Brad Pitt came on top, but here we are going to be discussing some of the best actresses for the second edition of the actress bracket. And so to help break down... Four, you know, uh, maybe lesser-known actresses that we are going to be throwing into the bracket here. We have our Pop Topic co-host, Tristan. How are you doing today?
1: Doing fantastic. And they, uh, I feel like most of these actresses are fairly well-known, at least in name, you know? I feel like you've probably at least heard of all of these actresses before, probably seen
0: maybe a movie or two with them all in them. Uh, but we don't have really any big
1: A-list actress here, I guess you can
2: say, eh?
0: That's a good point, though. Uh, similar to the actor bracket, uh, all these names are well known. Uh, these movies might just be lesser known than the movies we discussed last year. That's fair. Yeah, There's really no big, not too many big
1: blockbusters here on this list.
0: Yeah, uh, we we do have a, you know one relatively strong actress considered for at least Oscar wise, and of course that was chosen by our Oscar Rewind co-host Andrew. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing well.
0: Yeah. You're here to just dis- uh, Excited to discuss. All four of these fantastic actresses?
3: Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's going to be a great podcast. Super pumped here. Yes.
0: Andrew's very excited. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, to round up the four, we have our new, you know, a new regular for these big podcasts. We have Hayden. How are you doing?
4: Oh, I'm doing just well. Ready right? to talk about uh, some movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hayden loved all these films. There wasn't a single one he didn't like.
4: Loved them all. <laughs> Especially...
1: <laughs> <laughs> he'll be in love with his favorites later
0: yeah yeah he was about to reveal his favorite film of the year but uh well we'll keep that in the in you know keep it a little secret for now uh before we discuss right off the bat these actresses and their films we can quickly discuss the four actresses that were chosen uh start uh, Well, we'll go in reverse order starting with you hayden you chose a pretty well-regarded actress tony collette why did you choose her
4: um, I saw a few of her movies, and I thought she was really a good actress, and I didn't know who else to pick. Um, there was tons of movies of hers that I still wanted to watch, so I thought it was just a perfect excuse to watch.
0: Yeah, that's kind of my mindset, too. I picked Marilyn Monroe, uh, and that was literally my reasoning. I was like, well, I need to watch some of her films in, regard- you know, in anticipation to Blonde, which is coming out in almost a month from now, so it's coming up pretty close. It's kind of good timing that we're doing this now. So it was a good excuse to just watch them all and I guess force you guys to watch it as well. Uh, what about you, Andrew? What well, you chose Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, what was your reasoning for choosing her?
3: Um, you know, I went through several different people deciding on like who I wanted to pick. And I just remembered um, growing up that my mom really liked her and I don't know, I just wanted to revisit some of the films that she was in. And I thought it would be a good idea uh, to pick her for the podcast.
0: I like that. I like that. Uh, very similar story to Tristan. Uh, Tristan picked uh, Vanessa Hudgens, and our mom really likes her as well, right, Tristan?
1: Yeah, our, our mom's a big fan for sure.
0: Uh, yeah, so I picked Vanessa Hudgens, who's obviously a legend, of course. <laughs> I had three
1: options. I, I was kind of debating between the three. So I messaged the group and said, hey, pick a number between one and three. I believe it was Andrea who chose the number two, uh, which ended up being uh, Vanessa Hudgens. And so here we are.
3: No, no. Hayden picked Hayden picked that number, and then I think I picked three, but Hayden picked before me, so you went with Hayden.
0: Oh, God, because Hayden picked number two.
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Andrew wants no blame in Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> yeah. It would have been Viola Davis if she picked number three.
1: That's exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, Andrew, I believe like a week ago, Andrew was like, we're stuck watching Vanessa That's Hudgens. Not- if only I entered three before Hayden.
3: <laughs> i should have been quicker that's all i have yeah. to say
0: <laughs> number one would have been marilyn monroe which would have just like
1: quentin run wild with another pick there so i'm glad i didn't wait the
3: wasn't number three Oct- octavia spencer
1: oh you're right i was debating between the two yeah. and who i should yeah. put down and i went with octavia spencer because mm-hmm. there's more movies of her i haven't seen mm-hmm. i was real close on which one i wanted to go with and i went with you're right it was octavia spencer yes.
5: my bad yeah, yeah.
0: Now, what an alternative world we could have had. We could have Octavia Spencer. I was between Meryl Streep. We could have had like the real iconic actresses here, but you know, we, we got Monroe and Hudgens uh, equally as iconic. Yeah, we got
1: Vanessa Hudgens said, who I think is even more iconic, but we can discuss
0: that later in the podcast <laughs> here. That's up for debate, I think. <laughs> we will be debating. Them. That's what we're here for. But that's true. So anything else you guys want to get out of the way before we dive into uh, the bracket here? We each have eight films selected from each of the four actresses, which gives us a nice round number of 32 films to really determine in a pretty uh, arbitrary way who's the best actress.
1: Not arbitrary at all. This is objective. We will choose the best actress of all time here tonight on the podcast.
0: That sounds good to me. All right.
2: Uh, You guys need to say anything else before we jump right into it? I think we're good to go. So... Which actress do we want to jump
0: into first? I'm, I'm pretty open to anything here. Is there one you guys want to get off right off the bat?
1: We can start with Marilyn Monroe there. It's already on the screen. Kind of go see. in order. The oldest in sequential order, if we want to go that way, you know?
0: We'll go by their My birth birthday. year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like playing a board game whoever's born first goes first. Yeah. All right, so we're going to start right off the bat with Marilyn Monroe, which I think her name precedes her. I don't think anybody really knows any of these films. Maybe they've heard of two of these by name, but probably yeah, the lesser-known filmography. Yeah,
1: she's more just well-known as like a moral and as a big celebrity more so than really as an
0: actress, right?
1: Yeah. Her, her
0: name alone is bigger than any title of any movie she's been. Really, it really is. So I organized the order here, I was the one that picked Monroe, obviously, and so I kind of organized it literally just by release here, because uh, I kind of want to go through the story of Monroe, because I think the journey through her during these eight films are pretty important. I watched her entire—well, I say her entire filmography. Every single Hollywood-released film from her, she like did like some really small indie stuff that I couldn't find, but I watched like 20 movies from her, and I picked these eight as the most important to the story of Marilyn Monroe. The first two— being the one that really kickstarted her career all about Eve, which I believe is pretty well known, not for Monroe though. Uh, and then Niagara, which was really her, one of her biggest films at the very beginning of her career. She's the femme fatale Hitchcockian type of film, uh, Niagara is. And then all about Eve really got her started because she went viral and popular due to the nude calendar photo that was released of her. And this was her first film after that, that they really try to hype up on that. Like, she was in it for five minutes, and the movie is hyping up in their advertisements. Marilyn Monroe is in this movie. And she's not even important. She's not even an actress. But her presence was already huge by the time this movie came out, which won about, like, eight or nine Oscars. So these are really the two films before she's known as an actress uh, that really kind of started her career here. So what was your guys' thoughts on these two very early films for Monroe, All About Eve and Niagara?
1: I thought All About Eve was quite fun. I I really enjoyed that. Niagara, I thought, was a a pretty par for the course for the film noir genre. I don't think it really pushed the limits in any way or did anything too new. You obviously mentioned how Alfred Hitchcock's, you know, uh, a legend of this genre, and there's also other great films in the genre. I don't think Niagara really holds up well to a lot of the other... Not that I've seen a lot of a, uh, old noir films, but I have seen a couple, and I don't think this one quite holds up, as well as the other ones. I do, did enjoy this one, but I felt kind of paint by numbers for the film noir genre from what I know of it. Whereas All About Eve, um, pretty unique film. I don't know if I've really seen a film too much like that, sort of going into this sort of weird, possessive relationship between a, a famous actress and a
0: psychotic wannabe fan. I thought it was quite fun.
2: Yeah, All About
0: Eve. Is just amazing. I love, I love this movie. I love how the title all about Eve, the poster where it's all the arrows pointing at Eve, like the, the whole marketing and just everything about this movie makes you think Eve's the hero. She's the psychotic fan that takes over the life of this actress. And so even the poster in the movie title itself is forcing, is tricking the audience into becoming the audience in the film itself where we view Eve as this hero when you watch the film and you realize right off the bat, uh, he's kind of like the villain here. And I think her storyline is so great. I love that it's a story about how the young always come and outweigh the the talented. It's just Cogs in the Machine. They constantly have a new actress on top, young and pretty, and everybody wants to focus on her. And then once she gets old, the Cogs are going to shift and we got a new actress on top who everybody's talking about and everybody forgets the old actress. And the last shot of the film, is this new creepy obsessive stand over Eve who's holding the award, looking in the mirror, and you just see thousands of reflections of this young pretty girl. And it's just to show the endless cycle that you know actors and actresses face in Hollywood. So everything that all about Eve is incredible. Uh, honestly, might be a little crazy here. I think it's my favorite, if not like my second favorite of this entire bracket. I absolutely love this movie. It's one of the only movies I own on Blu-ray now from this bracket. I really, really love it, but I still have to vote for Niagara because she's only in it for five minutes. I, I can't vote for it, but the movie itself is incredible. Niagara, though, I think is one of Monroe's best performances. I think she's really good. I think she should do more noir, femme fatale kind of character. She works way better in this for me than she does in most of her other films as just like the sex icon. As this femme fatale kind of character, she's so good. I think this is one of her strongest performances. And, you know, it is kind of weaker compared to most Hitchcock films, like Tristan said. But I'm still a sucker for noir films. I really like them, especially the ones from the 40s, 50s, and, you know, very early 60s. Uh, I'm a sucker for them. So I'm going to vote for Niagara here.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of sad that you play all about Eve and Niagara against each other. These are probably two of my favorite Marilyn Monroe films. Yep. Um, I love all about you. Quentin just got it on Criterion, and I was super excited about that. I just like you guys said, the concept is really—it's really great. I really like it. It's interesting. I haven't seen it before, and I think it really just kind of stands out. Like Quentin said, yeah, the only downfall is that Marilyn Monroe's in it for like five minutes. You don't really learn to like know her character or anything. Um, but also with Niagara, I even said this to Quentin was like, I was like, wow, why did she not do more films like this? I actually could get behind this film. Um, and I kind of liked how it was like a mystery. Uh, I thought she was really good in that one as well. Okay. And if we're supposed to announce our, our vote, you know, yeah, I'm going to go with the one that I like more. <laughs> so I'm going to go with all about Eve.
2: All right, what about you two? It, as Andrea mentioned, it really is a, uh, what do you go with? The, the better movie
1: or Marilyn Monroe's better performance? I think that's probably one of the tougher parts about this whole bracket we're doing here. What is the point? Are we just picking the better performances from the actress we're talking about? Or are we picking the better movie between the two? And the criteria is real sort of vague. So I can really go either way here. Uh, do you know where you're going, Hayden? Is your heart set on one direction or the other?
4: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to on these two movies? Or? Uh, sure. Um, all About Eve, it was it was my first Man of Menor movie, and I had no clue what I was getting into, and then after I watched it, I was just like, I was shocked how she was in it for five minutes, she's still so praised for this movie. But then I was like, I was impressed by actually how good it was. I just I judged it before watching it because of how old it was. Um, So it kind of set the stage for all the other ones, and then the rest of them, compared to this one, kind of just suck. <laughs> uh, not all of them, but most of them. Uh, and then Niagara. This was my last one I had to watch, and it just, I, you could say, it blew me out of the water. But uh, it, I looked <laughs> online later. Uh, it was. It's one of the only films to be staged in Niagara Falls. One of the bigger films staged in Niagara Falls, and I really like the setting of the waterfall and how. Just like, there's a kind of like crazy man there. Uh, the whole movie, I just, I've I really enjoyed Niagara. So I'm just going to go with Niagara. Yeah, that's fair. We could have Niagara move on then because she is in it. Just does
1: have a oh, uh, Eve move on in a Marilyn Monroe bracket when she's in it for a grand total of five minutes, you know? Uh, so we can send a uh, Niagara to the next round.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of my mindset too. Most of the time... Uh, and about 90% of this entire bracket, I'm going to be voting for the better movie. But if you're only in the movie for like five minutes at most, really, she's barely in it. Uh, It's just hard to really move it forward.
1: I was surprised you put these two up against one another. I do think all the E very easily. Um, A lot of these other movies on the Marilyn Monroe list we're going to talk about next year.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, these are definitely, uh, no joke, two of the top three or four Miller Monroe films by Miley. This is easily, both of them are top four pre- films for her. They're both, at <laughs> uh, the very least, good. I can't say that for most of her movies. Either. Yeah. Uh, which, Same. which uh, you know, I kind of did on purpose. So, you know. <laughs> I, awesome. I figured. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I'm completely fine with Niagara moving on, because like I said, I can't believe you put them against each other. They're both good films.
0: Yeah. yeah all About Eve, uh, for, for me, is by far the better film, but I really like Niagara. Like, if it was against one of the ones I don't like, uh, I'd probably still vote for All About Eve just because I just don't even want the other yeah. ones to move forward. But so, even if, like,
1: no. when it goes into the second and third round, even if it's up against movies I don't really care about, her. I don't know if I can really submit All About Eve further into the bracket because yeah. she's barely in it. So why take out Niagara in the first round, then take All About Eve out in the second round, then two of the best movies are out? Exactly. With? You know. Must mm-hmm. well move Niagara on here. Probably has a good shot at making a fuck.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Niagara is really good. I, I really enjoyed it. All right, so Niagara is moving on to round two. The next two films, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which is arguably her most iconic role for her as an actress, up against How to Marry a Millionaire. And these two and the next two that we're gonna be discussing, this is the Monroe era. This is where she was a huge actress and everybody wanted to put her up on stage as the sex icon. This big appeal for all the viewers out there. And she was scooped up by one company and they had a contract with her for about, I believe, 10. Maybe it was 15 years. I believe it was 10, to be fair. Uh, where she was about, MGM, right? MGM, yeah. Where she was stuck with MGM for a 10-year contract to make movies for them only. And this is the MGM era. This is where she signed the contract and they put her up as a sex icon. This big appeal to the audiences during the next four films we're going to be discussing. And in all fairness, that's the
1: way Hollywood was back then. All major stars were signed with a production company, and that's who you worked for. You only made movies with that production company. It was the studio era of Hollywood. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like this was weird or abnormal for Marilyn Monroe to do. This was honestly
0: expected. Yeah. So right off the bat, I think these are two of the four we're going to be discussing. Uh, It's still in order. These are her two most popular of the four in this MGM era. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and How to Marry a Millionaire. So what was your guys' thoughts on these two? Uh, yeah, they're both rom-coms, these two, uh, which is most of what she seems to have done.
1: Uh, I found How to Marry a Millionaire. I really liked the first part, and I felt it lost its legs as it went on. Where a gentleman preferred blondes, I think it might have been a little bit the opposite. I may well get into, but I must definitely enjoyed it, as, as, it went, as it went on. I found it funny. I found them both funny. I think How to Mar- Marry a Millionaire, there were a couple moments in there I absolutely died laughing at where I think Gemma for Blondes is probably more funny consistently. You know, I probably laughed more at Gemma for Blondes, but harder at How to Mar- Marry a Millionaire. Uh, overall, I think I prefer Gemma for Blondes better over How to Marry a Millionaire, so that's where my vote will be going here. Uh, although she was more important, How to Marry a Millionaire, she was at least a major character in both movies, unlike in Say All About Eve. So uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with all the
0: Gemma for Blondes here. So I'm the complete opposite of Tristan. Uh, well. Uh, he's pretty much on the fence and i am too i think both of these are pretty good i i, I really you know i enjoyed them both for what they were and of the two i definitely enjoyed how to marry a millionaire more i just thought it was a really fun story i really liked the three girls together i also might be a weird obsession i'm obsessed with the door to their apartment where it's just a, the doorknob's in the middle of the door what door in the history of doors has a doorknob in the middle of the fucking door. I don't know how that think makes sense. I a lot sense. of old doors like that. I could be wrong. I've yeah, never I've seen, seen it in them. other movies. This
1: is not the first time I've seen a doorknob. This
0: is the first time I've seen it. I've seen a lot of old movies, but maybe I don't pay too much attention to it. But, and maybe it's because the door is really big as well. Like, it just looks really It's abnormally long. large. Yeah. Like it's, it's very absurd. But I was kind of obsessed with that door. Uh, and I'm also kind of obsessed with the movie. I thought it was very fun. I agree it kind of loses steam in the last half, but I still like the ending message of all three of them. Just finding love without having to actually go for money. I thought that the ending was very fun for the three of them. I liked it. I really liked the ending of How to Marry a Millionaire. And uh, gentlemen prefer blondes. Uh, you know, it was more of a musical at times. It wasn't necessarily as much my thing, but both are pretty fun. But I'm gonna vote for the How to Marry
5: a Millionaire.
3: All right, and then, um, and then um, for me. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes was okay. Like Quinton said, it was kind of a musical. Um, I believe, was it Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend? Was featured um, in this film. Um, It it was fine. Um, It was okay. Um, But then How to Marry a Millionaire. Um, I really like that one because the three girls are trying to go find millionaires. Um, And then the two kind of end up with like awful men if I remember correctly (laughs) (laughs) and then the one I think Marilyn Monroe ends up with like the person that she really likes um yeah so overall I just honestly I remember more about how to marry a millionaire so my vote's probably going to go there
2: I guess someone else again uh with these two films they're both very bland in my opinion they both kind of are very very
4: equal where you have gentlemen prefer blondes like when i said more of a musical i completely forget the first half the second half i find more memorable where how to marry a millionaire is more the opposite where the first half is about these like snooty girls and then by the end of the movie you do see them slowly change into like i guess mature women even though they're women the entire time like they you see them their character development change throughout the film. Uh, I guess I'll just go with How to Marry a Millionaire.
1: You guys suck. <laughs> Gentlemen for Blonde is the better movie by far. Which is <laughs> <Actually, laughs> well, for sure the better movie. It just went from on the fence to
0: being like easy. <laughs> I boring. wasn't really on the fence. I
1: knew which way I was going. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. I find the second half of How to Marry a Millionaire an absolute slog to get. And that's easily why I'm going with Jennifer for a Blonde. That, and I find of all of her movies, Gentlemen for a Blonde, I think I might have been, been the most fun, honestly. I really enjoyed
0: Gentleman for a Blonde. I would say both of these are the most fun. I think these ones are no, very similar. These, just,
1: two of, like, the, these are two on. of the ones I like more, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. I think Jennifer Blanc might have been my favorite of all of Marilyn Monroe.
4: Really? Like, including yeah, all I about think so. Eve? Yeah, You're wrong.
1: I, hey, that's fair. I, I think I know which one will be the, the generally considered the best of them. Um, but I, I think I, I, like, I like Jennifer Blant. That's interesting. Really
0: <laughs> by the way, uh, we didn't address it at the beginning of the podcast, but for the audiences, just to give you guys an update, if there is a tie, if two of us vote for one and two of us vote for the other, there is a tiebreaker. We each have, all four of us have, a two-for-one movie pass where our vote can count as two votes. But the movie pass expires after the second round, so the first round and the second round of voting for the bracket, we can place it at any time and make our vote count as two to break a I completely forgot time. about this rule.
1: I completely forgot this was a thing until right now. I, all week I was to- gonna... Oh, we're going to decide a time. Did we do this? Completely i completely forget that we already had a plan I set. Three in a place. I may have bracketed my bracket a little different if I knew this. That. That's
0: all. Okay. Well, well, hey, you can quickly change it up now. No. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm sick <sticking> of it. <laughs> if, there is, if if nobody plays their two for one, they want to save it for a later time, or we've already used them all, and there is a tie, uh, it will be randomized on which one moves on. So we can leave it oh, up that's until... that's pretty
1: fun. You know, I think we should call a friend. Get a fifth person's opinion. Only dad was around. We should have done a, have dad randomly walk in and pick a movie. He would have no idea what they are, anyways.
0: <laughs> I should. Just, uh, I should call up our buddy Isaac. He's literally just waiting for us to finish the podcast. So uh, no, that's perfect. <laughs> I, I think we should bring in a fifth
1: opinion. Call <laughs> uh, Jada.
0: We can, we can do it. Can. Do you guys want? Do you guys really want to do that? We want to stick to the two for one? We can change it. I'll cross the bridge when it comes to
1: it.
2: Okay. No, two, the two for
1: one's awesome. Do the two for one for now. What if we get past the second gotcha. round? Okay, right? seriously. The two-for-one's
0: awesome. I like the two-for-one a lot. All right. So we got the two-for-one. If none of us use it, we can leave it to Lady Luck and have Luck decide. Or if uh, we get to Lady Luck, we can even instead call a friend to see if they can maybe break the tie. We'll figure it out
1: in the situation.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see how it comes. All right. So How to Marry a Millionaire will be moving on. So the next two I have here is going to be uh, the last two films that were really in her MGM run. River of No Return and the Seven Year Itch. This is the easiest one yet. Yeah, this, this is, is hard. this is this is the there, easiest. There is one. no question. I agree with you, Tristan. Uh, obviously I picked them. Same with Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and How to Marry a Millionaire. Believe it or not, Tristan, uh, I don't know if this is gonna blow your mind or not. The Seven Year Itch was the one on the on the bubble for me to pick. Uh, because the other seven are very huge to her career and her legacy, but I just I just like the Seven Year Itch that much. It's just so much fun, and I figured you guys would really like it that I. I found a way to squeeze it in here, but The River No Return, *Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, and How to Marry a Millionaire were easily her three most financially successful. The audiences loved these back in the day. Which, How
1: to Marry a Millionaire, Gentleman Prefer Blondes, and River No Return? Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah,
0: um, yeah I can future. see that. My vote, uh, we can just get this out of the way, is uh, The Seven Year Itch. The Seven Year Itch, first of all, is Billy Wilder, which is one of my favorite directors of all time, especially from the 50s and 60s. I think he's incredible. Every film he's made is a 4, a 4.5 or a 5 for me. He hasn't made a single bad movie in my mind. They're, they're all fantastic. And this is, once again, just one of them. It, this one's so much fun. And uh, The River of No Return is just straight up terrible. It is horrible. It's it probably bottom 50 films of all time. Uh, there's actually another film, Munro Dead Guys, that was just as bad, maybe even worse than River of No Return. Um, but I couldn't have two of them on here. They're, like, they're both terrible. This one literally has a rape scene, and he's supposed to be the good guy. Like, like the hero of the movie rapes Monroe in River of No Return. So, it, it's not even a question in my mind. I'm voting for the seven-year itch.
1: Yeah, me too.
2: Yep. Same. <laughs> yeah, this one This one was completely off. There, 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 I don't really get the argument for giving it to River of No Return um, over
5: 7
1: years. It, it was. It was just... And don't get me wrong, I think everyone on this podcast, none of us like westerns, and this very much was a western. Uh, but even of the westerns
2: I've seen, this might be the worst.
3: Yeah, um, it was. It was very like kind of racist, um, and I know yeah. it was like yeah. done a long time ago. Um, but I actually just watched this one the other day, <laughs> and yeah, I was definitely not a fan of it. I mean. It was, it was like, whatever, but it probably would sit towards the bottom of the list for Marilyn Monroe for me.
2: Yeah. Like, there's literally
0: a rape scene. Like, I don't understand how audiences liked this guy. Like, the, yeah. he's the hero. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, the other film of hers that's terrible, Do Not Watch, is called Bus Stop. And that is literally just about an abusive guy. Like, just an absolutely garbage human being. And he's also the hero. So they're pretty much... Par for the course of just having
2: two absolutely terrible human beings uh, as the good guys because they're with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. You didn't say much. Do you got anything else to say about either of these films? Um, I have nothing to say
4: for *River No Return*, but <laughs> I really like Seven Year It*. It was like a psychological horror, but instead of like, will they murder, it's like, will they do it with?
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm i really glad you brought that up, Hayden. That's what makes The Seven Year Itch so much fun. It, it's the funniest film of the eight, in my opinion. It's so much fun. And it's because, as Hayden says, it plays on the thriller aspect of, like, you know, will they or will they not get murdered? But in it, it, it's played for comedy as will they or will they not do it? Like, like will, will he have sex with Monroe? It's very fun. And
3: um, plus, The Seven Year Itch has Marilyn Monroe. Sorry, Marilyn Monroe's most famous shot ever, where she's in the white dress. That's true. Um, over the, whatever you, the sewer. <laughs> That's whatever a good
0: point. Is. That's probably why I picked it, actually. It was the seven most iconic films to her filmography. And then The Seven Year old has the scene as mm-hmm. like, the shot everybody knows of. Yeah, Monroe. I would
1: say this one's most definitely up there for iconic for her because like, everyone knows that shot. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? I forgot this is from, though. So, yeah. Good call. All right. And then the last two films for uh, Marilyn Monroe's filmography.
0: Uh, and this is where it kind of gets a little interesting. So after MGM's contract with her, Monroe asked, they wanted to re-sign another contract with her for another, I believe five, or maybe it was another 10 years with Monroe. And Monroe said she would do it if she got more money, which they were a bit hesitant on despite the fact she was a huge star at the time. And she told them she wants her to not be portrayed as a sex symbol. She wanted to be a symbol for little girls that wanted to become an actress and actually prove that anybody can be a good actress. And she wanted to just be seen as a performer and not as a symbol. And they said that they turned it down. They said that they don't agree with these rules. So she started her own independent company. She was paying for her own films. She was helped producing a lot of these movies. And these last two films are part of her independent company, or she jumped onto a contract like Some Like It Hot, which is from Billy Wilder, so obviously it was with his company. But Some Like It Hot and The Misfits were two films that she actually signed on by herself. The other ones she was forced to do, or, you know, she was given the contract that she had to do these movies with MGM. These are two that she picked herself because she wanted to be an independent contractor. And The Misfits, despite the fact that, you know, uh, it's a Western, I'm not a huge fan of The Misfits, is a really interesting film because the director was her husband at the time and he casted her lifelong hero. Her her aspiration to be an actor was the co-star in The Misfits with her. And because she was so, you know, into, you know, she was uh, very much doing drugs a lot at the time and she got a couple of overdoses and she was just, you know, she was very much into drugs by the time we got to The Misfits that she was late on set almost every day. And, you know, it was a bit of a pain, a bit of a horror show to film this movie that after they filmed the movie, the the co-star from The Misfits, he died from heat overdose and his wife blamed Monroe for killing him. So she had this in her mind that she was being blamed for murdering her hero. And it was a few weeks, months or so after that, that she overdosed and killed herself. So The Misfits was a huge film in a horrible way, to her legacy. And Some Like It Hot is just probably her most popular, you know, one of her best films since she signed on by herself outside of MGM. So these last two are pretty big to the end of her career here. But what was your guys' thoughts on these two movies?
1: Yeah, that's so crazy. I don't know about that story behind The Misfits. Uh, but Some Like It Hot has my vote for sure. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's way better. It's, it's actually very fun. It's just a good time. I find the first 30 ish minutes really tough to get through. Um, you know, it had a real slow start, but once the ball got rolling, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Whereas The Misfits was the opposite. I thought the first part of The Misfits was pretty all right. I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's pretty cool for a Western. It's not that bad. And then the last 30 minutes was I'm looking at a horse. <laughs> it, it, the, the, the ending was, what, what, wasn't very good. Uh, so something like a hot for sure has my vote.
3: Yeah, so some like a hot is like the original white chicks, kind of. Yeah, it (laughs) pretty much is. Yeah, yeah, where you just have these two guys dressing up as chicks. Um, I thought it was really fun. I also love Billy Wilder, um, great director, and I think this film was probably like one of her best, I would say. Um, it was fun, hilarious. Um, I also love that one of the guys that was dressed as a girl falls uh some old millionaire falls in love with him her <laughs> and i thought that whole like little plot was pretty funny um but then the misfits was yeah it was just kind of a drag i did not like it i just watched this one yesterday as well and yeah it was awful the last like i was almost the last hour really dragged for me
2: which is half the film.
3: Yeah, basically. So my vote's going to some like it hot. Uh,
4: some like it hot is my favorite Marilyn Monroe film. I found it an absolute blast. I agree, Tristfer. I watched the first twenty minutes and I paused it. I went and had a nap. Came back <laughs> and felt like a completely different film. One play again. Uh, yeah, I absolutely loved some like it hot. And then the misfits. Yeah, that was that was like. It was...
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page as Hayden. Well,
0: except for the nap part. I did not take a nap, but... You should have. Uh, <laughs> but I think this is probably one of my favorite Marilyn Monroe films. All About Eve, I think, is my favorite film of her filmography. But if you're going to ask what my favorite Marilyn Monroe film is, I think I might have to say some like it hot. Uh, you know, she, she's really good in Seven Year Itch, and Niagara, and really the, this top four we have moving forward. Uh, I, I like all the movies. I think they're really good. But *Some Like It Hot is definitely up there. It's a very fun movie. I agree with you guys. It kind of starts, you know, it's a little slow at the beginning. I don't understand why there needs to be like some gunman following these two guys. They've kind of thought of like a way smoother transition to yeah, have Yeah, that these whole
1: two subplot <laughs> was completely pointless.
0: Yeah. It, it was unnecessary and I didn't care for it. Yeah, I think it's to play up like how over the top like the men type of movie is to like now it's like now they're female so it's very like lighthearted and funny and fun like they kind of wanted like a mafia real gun guy kind of thing i guess but the transition's very off i i don't necessarily enjoy it but the movie itself is fantastic i really like some like it hot and uh, you know the misfits what are you gonna do it's 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 a a bit of a stinker
2: so hayden take it away we are now moving on to tony collette oh baby um <laughs> so
4: the first seed or do i say seeds or no yeah go okay, ahead yeah okay so i have seed one versus seed eight being seed one hereditary versus seed eight sixth sense i wanted to kind of do the two more horror-esque movies first thing each other have to have start um so that's why i picked these two i'm going to vote for hereditary not because i like the film just because I don't like Sixth Sense. Oh my I god. I find both <laughs> them very, eh, horror movies. Uh, but Hereditary did have some good ones. where
2: Sixth Sense. Wait, can we like take I a thought- step back? No, no, wait, hold on. I think we need to really talk about this here. Hayden, you don't like The Sixth Sense? No. It's like
0: one of the most iconic horror films of the 90s. Honestly, I, I thought it was only okay.
2: I thought like it's, I know how iconic it is, so I think I was expecting it to be um, it was fine. Um, I really like The Sixth Sense.
0: Uh, mostly, I think just for the legacy, like the, the i icy dead people, like the whole whole movie is so interesting. It's so much fun. I really enjoy it. I did not get around to rewatching it. That was the only one I was planning on rewatching, and it kind of just ran out of time with the wedding. Well, see, everything.
1: that's what happened to me in Hereditary.
0: Hereditary was the only one I was planning on re-watching. actually. That and another one I'll come up with for that song. Yeah. So I was hoping to rewatch. I did not. So I'm kind of just going off of memory. And I remember really liking it. I wanted to see how it held up uh, on a rewatch. I actually knew the twist beforehand. I think it's just because it was so iconic and so well known with pop culture that I kind of knew beforehand. But uh, I don't want it to be a clean sweep because I don't want people to think the Sixth Sense is bad because it's fantastic. But I I am going to vote for hereditary. I just prefer. You know, it's not
1: that the Sixth Sense is bad. It's that it's like old school horror you know they're not old school. it's like the 90s horror. it's what you expect from yeah 90s to whereas hereditary is an absolute you know marvel this thing's a uh just it's a work of art hereditary
0: is phenomenal it is interesting that horror never really ages that well does it i think it's because our taste in horror our style in horror changes like the sixth sense already feels dated and it's the 90s it's the 90s like it, it should still feel brand new and if you watch horror films from like the 50s and 60s they're just really not as scary, as you would expect from a horror film, that it is kind of interesting that probably by the time we get to, what, 2040, 2035, uh, Hereditary is going to feel kind of bland. It's going to feel pretty bad. It, it's interesting that horror films change so Maybe quickly. Be. I, don't,
1: I don't know, because I think a lot of horror movies do age really well. Scream is probably a good example of one that does age pretty well. What is more horror, horror of a like comedy Psycho, on horror? Psycho ages phenomenally. Psycho is still exceptionally scary. Yeah, yeah, Psycho- psychos. I, I think just a lot of the older horror movies, including Psycho and especially including Sense, they're trying to make you scared off ghosts and goblins, right? The scary stuff in Sixth Sense is dead people are coming back. When more modern horror, uh, sure, uses still, you know, cults and the devil and evil things like that uh, to display horror, but they're typically relating it back to something real, something actually terrifying, right? And Hereditary taking a deep dive into mental health and how terrifying it can be when you're losing your own mind and when your whole family doesn't believe you're losing your own mind and that kind of stuff. And how you have to figure it out on your own. The horrors of that and how really scary and truly terrifying that is while still just being a great horror movie um, really takes you know, a next step of being scared. It's no longer scary because there's ghosts and goblins running around. It's now scary because it's the people they're facing real shit that's terrifying and no one knows how to deal with it. Even you as an audience member doesn't know how to deal with it. And I think that makes it a lot scarier
2: than Sixth Sense. Seeing dead people isn't that scary, but losing your mind is. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. I I can see that. But
0: uh, Hereditary is very much still about, like, cults and the devil and stuff. I do wonder if in 15 years' time people are going to be like, yeah the devil, like that was so overused in the 2010s. Uh, I do wonder if just horror kind of changes in phases, right? Like, even... Late 2000s was, like, camera footage, like, Paranormal Activity. Blair Witch was in the early 2000s. And, like, we don't see those anymore. Those are kind of outdated. So it is interesting that they go through phases. I still enjoy most horror films. Even Six Sense, I still love. But, you know, modern horror is just, especially when you got hereditary, like, you know, there's just some really good modern horror. And this is one of the best.
3: Yeah, I'm just gonna throw my two cents out there. Um, I think my vote's going to go to hereditary um just because like i really like the film i think it worked really well it's one of the first a24 films i had ever watched and yeah it just really worked tony Collette is amazing and this is probably honestly i think this might be my favorite tony Collette performance i really loved her in this she was great during the entire thing i a sixth sense you know honestly i think this that movie is more about like Hayley joel Osment. Um, his performance as a child actor was amazing. Tony Collette was good in it as well. But, like, I mean, if we were doing a Haley Joel Osment, uh, Like ranking or bracket, I would probably vote for The Sixth Sense. But since we're not, I'll probably go with Hereditary. Also, one of a, uh,
1: Bruce Willis's better performances. Yeah. Well. Bruce Willis is really good.
3: Yeah. You know, in all fairness,
1: right he only has like three good performances this Die Hard and The Cop Out. But one of his three good performances. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Unbreakable. <laughs> i um, break- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: I'm I've never seen that. I
0: think Unbreakable is my favorite Bruce Willis performance. I, I love him. Cop out. Cop <laughs> out. <laughs> it's my favorite Bruce Willis movie. That's for sure. Oh man, we gotta fit that into a bracket sometime. Cop out. Oh, uh, we gotta cop talk out. about
1: cop out sometime on here. Cop is such
0: a good movie. Yeah. Abe yeah. still hasn't seen cop out. I I can't wait for me and Tristan. My to get own out brother.
5: Yeah, I can't
0: wait for us to be outvoted for it, Tristan.
2: Oh, uh, we'll we'll lose. It's gonna win. Yeah.
0: Because uh, I don't think anybody but us likes it. But anyways, we will move forward. Hereditary. Alright, so Hereditary is moving on. What are okay. the next two films we have facing off here, Hayden?
4: Next we have Little Miss Sunshine versus The Way Way Back. I pin these two up against each other because they both are kind of the same vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, having Toni Collette and... Well, Tony Collette being the mother. Steve Carell being the supporting person and having the same director, direct both. I personally absolutely love both of these films. I think Little Miss Sunshine is an adorable family film. Uh, Having the family, all the characters being absolutely just different in every way. Forcing them to go on a road trip together, uh, to go to a fashion show. And it's just feel good all around. And The Way Way Back is a family vacation where the son feels outed. He meets an unlikely friend, being an older gentleman and they should have an amazing bond. Uh, I'm voting for The Way Way Back, which I think is just the better film by far, Uh, simply because the relationship between this son and this older gentleman is adorable.
2: Hold on, so this
0: is, they're both- Wait, so they're both from the same director?
4: I'm pretty sure,
0: yeah. I had no idea. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, I like that fact a lot. Jonathan um,
3: Dayton. And, and I do
0: like how you said that Steve Carell's in both. I forgot about that too. That's so funny. Uh, you know, just the vibe of these films, and just like the coming of age and family aspects that they're both tackling. Uh, they both and they're both great
1: good. summertime. Yeah. Of, you know, good feeling coming of age comedies. They're just a little blast. Good I would call.
0: Good call both. too. Very, both are very summery
1: vibes.
0: Uh, they are. Yeah.
1: They're both perfect summer vibes. I can see myself going back and rewatching either one of these when I'm bored on an afternoon. You know, they're both a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I really, really like both.
1: Where are you leaning towards, Quentin?
0: I really like both of these as well. Uh, I think The Way, Way Back, probably as a whole, is better. Just, you know, uh, the, the whole movie is just such a fun vibe, and it never really feels like it's faltering or it never really feels like it's losing its grip. But Little Miss Sunshine is one of those movies where the first two thirds, I was thinking, this movie's okay. I I, I like it. Uh, it's not really wowing me yet. And then the last third is just so beautiful. It is really, really powerful. Like, it, it was so good that I wasn't even expecting to get emotional when they're up on stage. And um. it makes me realize how powerful those first two thirds were, how much I was invested in this family, how much I wanted them to reconcile and be there for each other. And so those final moments of the movie were so effective uh, in a way that i never would have imagined so i'm gonna vote for little miss sunshine as a whole way way back might be better and both of them are really good vibes but i walked away with little miss sunshine like i might have had a few tears i was happy it was such a such a great moment at the end that i left more satisfied
3: yeah so for me um i really loved little miss sunshine when i watched it the whole family was amazing i loved how they were all different i loved how Dwayne refused to talk and then his first word was fuck after he did talk i was like so fitting um i liked steve carell in this as well i thought he did really well um and overall it was just such a sweet message like I'm sure I cried at the end of this definitely um and then the way way back I know we're not talking about Steve Carell but he was such a dick (laughs) I could not stand him
1: any excuse to talk about Steve Carell Andrea take it
3: I know right right um yeah, I could not stand him. I'm so glad he doesn't typically play uh, a douchebag like he did in the way way back.
0: He was good. <laughs> he it, absolutely
1: crushed it. though. He yeah, did yeah. Such a good job. he
3: did. He did. He made me hate him. Definitely.
0: Honestly, it's probably one of Steve Carell's best performances. I think. Like you know, I love The Office, but every other movie he's basically just playing Michael Scott. Like he's kind of playing with the mm-hmm. same. Have lines. you seen The
1: Big Short? Uh, have you seen the I have seen The Big he Short. Have seen it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. He
0: was good. I like from that. Also in Crazy Stupid Love. I think he. Yeah, he's good in that, but fun. like, what, like he very much plays the same character every time. Uh, I think this is one of his better performances because he, he, like, you actually hate him. Like most of the time, he's mm. like kind of a jerk, but he's so he's like a lovable jerk. He's but a lovable. Jerk. Yeah, yeah, but this time he pulled away from the lovableness, and I thought that worked really well. Most of the time, he plays the same yeah. shtick. So when this started, I thought, oh, he was a little rude there at the beginning, but. It's Steve Carell. He, he's a lovable jerk. I'll forgive him. And then you kind of. Yeah. Go I probably
1: shouldn't turn around at the end. But no, he doesn't. <laughs> he just nasty.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I really, I really liked him in this. So it was a good performance for him. It uh, might be a hot take, but this is just for uh, the two of you guys. Do you think Steve Carell kind of looked like our dad in the way, way back? He kind of dressed like him. He had like the same haircut. I, I kept thinking it was dad yeah, for a second.
1: I, I, I see the resemblance. The that I the
0: look at his outfits. Like, look at how he dresses, like, like how Dad dressed.
4: Yeah, the haircut and in the clothes. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, it's dad clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just real I, I bet dad you he playing a dude named Jason or Daniel <laughs> I can't
1: remember his name, but it's probably pretty basic. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'm the last one to vote here.
3: Oh wait, wait, I didn't vote. Wait, did I vote? I don't know. Oh, did you not anyway, vote? Sorry. Anyway, go anyway, ahead. Really here. quick. Yeah, we got off. We started talking about Steve Carell. Right. Um, we do that. Tony though was actually really good in The Way Way Back. Like, you know, she was trying to, you know, date Steve Carell. And, you know, like, but I felt like she was a, a supportive mother. Um, But kind of like Hayden said, I really loved Sam Rockwell um, and the lead boy's uh, relationship with each other. I really liked how, like, kind of went to him for his support. Um, so both of these movies are honestly... Pretty good to me. Um, so, I, But I think I'm going to go with Little Miss Sunshine. No! <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I really love, I love both. I think they're both fantastic. I will be going back and rewatching both of these. Uh, but I think, to me, it's, it's, it's the Rockwell factor. I got to go with The Way Way Back.
2: Oh!
5: It's yeah.
1: Sam Rockwell and uh, the main lead. I can't remember the actor's name, but he crushed yes. it. The lead in Way Way Back. The two of them together on screen were so great. Plus, Tony Collette and Steve Carell back together on screen in The Way Way Back. I really enjoyed it. I love both these movies, but I'm going to go with The Way Way Back as well.
2: All right, so we are tied here. Is anybody going to use their two-for-one movie pass, or are we going to leave it to Lady Luck? I'm really contemplating it. We only have one two-for-one, right? One
0: two-for-one, two? Yeah. yeah. But that's it's only good fun. for round one and two, so, you know, yeah. not going to be many opportunities.
4: No, I'm a... I'm, uh... I'm gonna save it. I think I know what I'm gonna
0: use. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what the voting are gonna be for any of them. So, but I'm That's keeping like it. That's
4: like, like, I'm willing to
5: use
1: a heater, but like it's real. I'm true. risk It wasn't gonna be another. It's just two. You know what I you mean? Know what I mean?
5: Yeah.
2: But what if two people use or two people? Let
5: well, it be. Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I guess Lady Luck again.
5: Yeah. Yeah. You have to go to Lady Luck. 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 Oh, the
2: third person uses it. Oh,
5: love you. Yeah, yeah, that'd be. Yeah, that'd be wild. Let
2: me reveal So heated. All four of us use. it. Wow. I would use to just in spite. <laughs> uh, but I think we're leaving. I'm leaving this one up to luck. What do you do? Yeah. All right. I
0: hope it's way, way back. Let's Same go, baby. Please. So we're going to randomize the two films, Little Miss Sunshine and The Way, Way Back. And the movie moving forward and eventually facing off against Hereditary is going to be Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss
5: Sunshine.
0: Oh, oh, I, oh well. That's also yeah. thing. Was, I love both of yeah, that's that, why that, I didn't want to use my two of them. That's why I'm, I wasn't even... Yeah, I agree with you, Tristan. That's, uh, I'm only going to be tempted if I actually really believe mm-hmm. that one's better. Like, I like both of these. Yeah. Uh, I was on the fence. So, you know. Yeah, oh. you should have went for The Way Way Back. <laughs> now, he went for the winner, you see. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I knew Luma Sunshine was going to move forward. All right. So, what are the next two films we have coming up here, Hayden?
4: Next, we got Knives Out and Nightmare Alley. Um, I put these two together because uh, they're both more, like, higher-budget films. Uh, Knives Out is more like a murder mystery, where Nightmare Alley is... Uh, not entirely sure what Nightmare Alley is, but they kind of you the same sort of vibe, uh, where Tony Klett isn't in, like, a lead role, more of just, like, a secondary character, but adds a lot to the movie. Um, Knives Out, I think... she, Although she doesn't have the biggest role, I think it's just a phenomenal film. Uh, I absolutely love Knives Out, where Nightmare Alley is good. She adds a little more to the film, I feel like, but the film just, in my opinion, isn't great. So I will be voting for Knives Out.
5: Yeah, yeah
1: I'll come here is... next time, because I think my opinion is pretty close to Hayden's. I think they're both good movies. Well, Nightmare Alley is pretty pretty decent. Uh, Tony Flett's performance in it, I think it's quite good. I think it's a pretty good performance. She's only a supporting character, she's not one of the main characters, but she's decently important, particularly in the first, first act or first two acts. Um, I do really like Tony Collette in it, but I, uh, and although she's less of Knives Out, Knives Out is for sure the better movie of the two. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever really rewatch Nightmare Alley. I'll, realistically, I'll probably go back and watch the, the, the original Nightmare Alley, now, but I won't go back and rewatch this one. Although I for sure will be going back and rewatching Knives Out. In fact, I already have. I think Knives Out is fantastic, I think it's so much fun. It's a big ensemble cast, and she plays a role fantastic in it. Uh, I for sure gotta go Knives Out. I think they're both good. I can see why he paired them up against one another. But in my opinion, one just the better.
0: Yeah, these are her two supporting films. And, uh, you know, aside from one, Vanessa Hudgeon films will be uh, getting to soon. Uh, it's the two most recent films on the entire bracket. So it is kind of fun that they're paired up together. But uh, to me, it's Ooh. a no-brainer. Uh, Knives Out is really fun. I really, really like Knives Out. I, like, dislike Nightmare Alley. I really don't like this movie. Maybe it's because, uh, I think we've already discussed this with Tristan on a podcast previously, uh, I've seen the original, and the original is just far better and just you way more mentioned fun. mentioned that, yeah.
1: See, I've never seen the original. I think it's fine. Um, I do question if the whole, like, there's a lot of parts in that I feel like could have been cut. It could have been trimmed so much. There's a lot of fat in this movie, I felt like. Yeah. Uh, it didn't need to be the full two hours. It just did no. Yeah, Nightmare uh, Alley- I can't say the same.
0: Yeah, this version of Nightmare Alley is longer than the original, and they removed the three best scenes of the original. Like, my three favorite parts of the original, uh, they had, like, a very shortened version of one of those scenes in this new one, and then they removed the other two. Like, they got rid of my three favorite scenes. It's insane. I don't know how they made this movie. and thought, ah- well, I don't know. Maybe I liked the wrong scenes. Maybe, like, they took away the, the other scenes that they put a lot more effort on into the remake. They dragged out a lot of other scenes, and they just cut the good ones. But maybe I just have different taste on what I want from my Nightmare Alley film. But the original is really, really good. I, I would say the original is better than both of these movies. But the remake here of Nightmare Alley is not good at all. And Knives Out is super fun. I've only seen it once, but I still remember having a good time. I should check it out before the sequel comes out later this year. So my vote is for Knives Out.
3: Yeah, and um, I don't have a ton more to add. You guys added pretty much everything. That I think, uh, so I'm going to be going with Knives Out.
2: Another unanimous vote there. All right, Hayden, then- the last two Tony Collette films, what do we got? So
4: to end off the Tony Collette group of movies, I decided to go for two lesser known films uh one being her animated career uh with the Blinky Bill movie and then I wanted to go for a movie where she is like the complete lead actress in the film being Muriel's Wedding
2: uh boy these are two stinkers but uh <laughs> Muriel's Wedding is absolutely awful i just like both
4: these films but i'm going to vote for Blinky Bill cuz i found is In the little bit of a group where it's, like, so bad that it's good. Where Muriel's wedding, I just found, like, there was so much that I just disagreed with that Muriel was doing. And her whole family was just atrocious.
2: Finally, some
0: controversy. Enough with these, uh, one-sided votes like Knives Out and Nate Morale. I completely disagree. Muriel's (laughs) wedding is fucking awesome. I love that. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I don't know if I think it's fucking awesome. But I don't know. You go ahead, Quentin. I'm kind of torn on Yeah. Well, like, I really, really like it. You know, it's really good for what it is. Like, a lot of these films, you know, everybody's heard of Hereditary. Everyone's heard, you know, I think everyone's heard of Knives Out. Even films like All About Eve and Some Like It Hot. I'm sure people have heard of these names because they're iconic. Like, a lot of these films are really well-known that we're discussing. And they're well-known for a reason. They're really good. Muriel's Wedding is one of those surprises. I never heard of this movie in my life. Hayden picked it. I saw the poster and I thought, oh, this looks dumb. We threw it on, and I was so surprised. It was such a sweet movie. I really, really liked it. I thought Tony Collette played a totally different character than what she normally does. Uh, this is a very fun Tony Collette performance. I really, really enjoyed it. And on the flip side of Linky Bill, you can ask Andrea this. Two days ago, I quickly was going over... <laughs> the list that we had of all the movies. And I was like, okay, so you only have Scarface left to watch, right, Andrea? And I was scrolling (laughs) down the list and I just went, wait a second, what the fuck is Blinky Bill? Have we not seen, wait, have we not seen this movie? Do we need to quickly watch this movie beforehand? And Andrea was describing the movie to me and I genuinely forgot what, like I had to look up like photos of the movie on Google Images and I was like, oh yeah, okay. I I do think I've seen this. I genuinely forget most of Blinky Bill. This movie is the most, Forgettable garbage in animation history is just so it's it's so nothing. It's so, so
4: empty. It's so good. You gotta watch
0: it. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have. I should've seen it a second time. Cause I genuinely forgot I watched it when I was looking at the list two days ago. But uh I apparently I have, but I'm not gonna vote for it. I'm voting for Muriel.
3: Right? Am I the last one to talk?
2: No no, Tristan's still going Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, but you go ahead,
5: Andrea. Oh,
3: yeah. Okay. Um Yeah, honestly, I think this one is pretty easy for me. Blinky Bill is like about koalas. Um, Yeah, and this the story is fine, but I really thought Meryl's wedding was um, a lot better. I actually liked it. (laughs) I liked her crazy style of dress. Um, Yeah, and overall, I I think like there was some character growth in it as well. Um, so
2: I'm gonna be voting for Muriel's wedding. Now now I'm real confused. Because okay, so
1: I with Linky Bill, I'll start with Linky Bill first. Um, I agree with Quentin. I can barely remember anything about it. Uh from my memory, it was just a very generic and standard uh animated movie. I do believe both these two films are Australian films. That's why I don't think anyone's ever really heard of them. They both do play take place in Australia and made by Australian production companies. I think uh, I'll put that herself. Um, of course being about Koalas obviously it's an Australian film uh, it was you know your standard what you expect from like an Illumination or a DreamWorks type anime it wasn't very good generally forgettable but Muriel's Wedding is a much more interesting film between the two here uh, I absolutely hated Muriel the main character I thought mm-hmm. she was exceptionally annoying and couldn't stand her for a second I thought she was very painful Tony Kled did a great job in the performance don't get me wrong yeah, uh, but the character itself was dreadful uh, I did not like the character at all. I, I was rooting against her pretty much for most of the film. I was actually really hoping she would fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then about halfway through the film, something shifted for me. And this is gonna be some light spoilers for Muriel's wedding for those of you who really care. Um, she she kind of gets like betrothed or sort of set up in the sort of destined to be wed relationship with a, uh, an Olympic swimmer. The main reason why this wedding was happening is because the Olympic swimmer wanted the Australian citizenship. So they can compete on behalf of Australia for the next upcoming Olympics because they're set to win. And so they need to find anybody who's Australian that can possibly marry this person. And Meryl's whole thing is all she's looking is for, to have a wedding. She's always a bridesmaid, never the bride. She's dead set on becoming married, And she's so hyper-focused on becoming married. It's the only thing she cares about. She cares about having a big wedding, all of her friends and all the people she wants to be her friends here, see are there. Uh, and she runs into this Olympic swimmer who, who has the same sort of drive and focus. Uh, but not on, on getting married and, and having a wedding, but to have an Olympic medal and win and become a champion. And they do have a very, I think, the most interesting uh, scene in the whole movie is them in their, their hotel room after, just before or after the wedding or whatever, and they're talking. And he realizes that, that you know, she really wants this wedding to happen. She, she wasn't doing this wedding just as a favor to him so he can swim and win, win the medal. She wanted this because she wanted to have a wedding and wanted to win. And that was kind of when it clicked for me, this whole movie. I don't know if we're supposed to like Meryl or not. I still don't know if we're supposed to like or not. I fucking i think she's dreadful. but what it is interesting is what if you have someone who's all the time you have movies say like elements that just came out but a guy who's super focused on becoming a superstar or, or super focused on winning a medal or becoming an athlete you know your whole life is set up for these main goals or her whole life her whole goal was just to get married she didn't even care if she was in love she just wanted a wedding and it was really honestly kind of depressing it was pretty sad that a lot of people are like they really don't care about love they just want to get married because that's what you're supposed to do. That's the next step in life is to get married. And she's stuck because she's not married. She can't move on because she's not married. Everyone else is getting married, but she's not. And the only thing she cares about is getting married. And I thought it was pretty interesting. A pretty depressing take on love and rom-com as a general, I thought. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, it, it kind of, I thought it was pretty interesting. Those are something more interesting film over. So Mariel's wedding does have my vote. I don't like Mariel. I don't care about her wedding. I don't want her to get wet. <laughs> um, but it was interesting that you have this character who's so focused on just getting married. They don't even care about love. They only care about having that wedding and that's their focus in life. And it was it was sad and interesting and really kind of changed my perspective on on, you know, marriage idea as a whole. It was pretty crazy. I thought it was a pretty cool film. This idea of what if it's all you care about.
0: And it was it was interesting. Yeah. yeah I, I agree with that. you, Tristan. I agree with you completely that this film is depressing. Like it's a very lighthearted, over-the-top comedy. Like everybody's super wacky, but behind all of like the wacky and absurdity that this film has it's very depressing. Like I felt miserable during like the second half. Like it's just, it's it's tough. Like yeah, it does suck to see this woman who just wants to get married and she doesn't even care if the person doesn't even love her. Like she's just so hyper focused on
2: being a wife. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's very interesting. I agree with you. Muriel's wedding is moving forward.
0: We can move on to the second half of round one, and we have michelle pfeiffer here so andrea uh start us off here what are the first two films
3: yeah um so we have stardust and we have i am sam uh so stardust is kind of a a fantasy based film um where uh there is one side of this wall that is normal life and the other side is all fantasy um and basically um there is a guy that is like in, he's in love with like this basically ter- well there's a whole bunch more to it there's a lot to this movie actually but basically the whole story is he is gonna go over the wall uh, to get the star that fell um, it's basically just based like on his journey over the wall and what happens um, and they kind of do a big reveal on one part um. But overall, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is like a like a, a wicked witch uh, gypsy, and she basically is after the star because if she has the star, then she will grow young again because she's super old in this film. I liked her performance. I thought like she was pretty good as being evil. Um, and then you have I Am Sam, which is about. A mentally handicapped man getting basically getting a hooker pregnant and then her, uh, the hooker running off and then he's having to raise this little girl um, and his struggles. Um, I feel like this one probably wasn't everyone's cup of tea but I remember when I first watched it I don't know I felt really sympathetic I guess <laughs> toward uh, the main character. Um, but I think overall, um, mine would probably my vote would probably go to Stardust for this one. Is someone laughing cause you're about to tear one of these movies apart?
2: <laughs> Hayden's laughing. Go ahead, Hayden. Why, why are you laughing?
3: Because <laughs> you gave me a
1: dirty look that I was shaking my head. Yeah, um, so, what do no. you vote Stardust? He looked at me disappointed and shook his <laughs> and I was
4: like, What do you no <laughs> I know <laughs> interest and absolutely
2: hate Iron Sam. But I watched Stardust a couple months ago. Or we picked this, because it's a film. And let me just say, it is so just unorganized, boring, that I absolutely just hated it. Where
4: I am Sam, sure. Sam, I didn't like Sam. Not because he was mentally disabled or anything. I don't like when films portray characters like
2: that. It just feels like unethical, I don't know if that's the word, but like wrong to do. And Sam didn't do, or whoever
4: the actor is, just didn't do a very good job. But I think uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think she, I think she was great in this film. I think the plot was good. Um, it start with, it started off very fast right away, right to the point, which I hate when films drag on and on. It got right to the point. I think uh, the last third, maybe halfway through around there, it, it dragged on a little bit just because a two-hour film did not need to be two hours at all but i think michelle pfeiffer's performance in i am was great and that's why i'm gonna vote for him
2: i'll go next here um i agree with
1: what hayden said about stardust particularly when he mentioned it yeah uh, it was too complex uh this or convoluted i don't know which word he used it is both this movie has the plot is really basic but also has a bunch of bullshit going on that i don't care about and i don't need to care about. They kept throwing more things into there, and it just didn't need it. It was already over two hours or whatever, close to two hours. Too long, too boring, didn't care about anything going on. Um, overall, didn't really care the movie. But at least the movie never pissed me off. And I can't say this to for I Am Sam. I really, really don't like I Am Sam. Uh, there are some moments that are touching. I will give it that. There are certain scenes I do find quite heartwarming and are, are fairly well done. Michelle Pfeiffer's performance is all right. Uh, it's not her best. It's not her worst. She was pretty good. At it. Uh, Stardust, yeah. Her performance in Stardust is awesome. It, it is. Funny. But I am Sam. I don't know. Something about, I don't know if it's the, the lead guy's performance or just the whole plot of it or the idea of it. Uh, I didn't like it. It actively pissed me off more as, as a movie. The movie kept going, the more I hated it. And I really just kept wishing I never had to put it on in the first place. If I wasn't obligated to not turn it off, I would have. This movie was not good. do not watch it. I really don't like it my votes for Stardust.
2: I'm kind of with Tristan here. I, so Stardust I have some issues with it, oh but we'll get yeah, into it tough. yeah we'll, we'll get into it around in two.
0: all right because I don't really need to talk about it right now because it's definitely moving forward, but uh, the, the, the movie is not flawless, but at least it's decent at least it's good. like I am Sam it is genuinely terrible. it is. Easily the second worst movie of this entire bracket, aside from River of No Return. River of No Return has a rape scene. Nothing's worse than that. But I am Sam. I agree with Hayden. Uh, it's, it's distasteful. I think there is definitely ways you can portray uh, the handicapped, and, and there are ways that you can do it that is very well done, that is portrayed in a very effective way. Uh, this is not one of them. I think the camera work in this movie is atrocious. How It like, has like, these quick cuts and like zoom-ins of his face, and it looks goofy. Like, it looks like we're like the shots of him making some of these faces is so absurd and unnatural that it's comical and it takes away from any emotional moments you're supposed to have with this character. For me, yeah, I am, I, I, I I it's terrible.
1: Jump onto that I agree with you. I think the absolute worst part isn't even the main character. The main character has a bunch of friends who are all also handicapped, um, which is fine, except the, their whole purpose in the movie is only for comedic relief. Yeah. They serve very little other purpose. Um, rather than just for comedic relief. Now, why did your comedic relief character have to be a group of um, disabled people? I don't know. Uh, why they couldn't be normal, able-bodied people who were the comedic relief characters? I don't know. That, as long as they the comedic relief characters, most of the jokes that were being made were at their dispense. It wasn't that they were a cracking jokes; They were sometimes. Uh, but oftentimes, it was at their dispense, not really with them. Uh, so, don't get me wrong, they made fun of Sam a lot, too, but I found they really did his group of friends
0: real good. Yeah. And there's a way you can have him have a group of friends that are the same as him and make it even more effective, right? Like to see that this, is, this affects multiple people throughout the world with these handicaps. You could stress on that even more when he has friends like that. That could be a benefit. But the way this film portrays them and Sam and just the entire film as a whole it feels like it wants to be a real drama. It wants to be a real heartfelt story with some of the ways the score lifts up and it's so intense, but it also wants to be kind of funny. Like, ah, aren't they funny? They're not like us. They're a little, they're a little odd. And it it wants its cake and eat it too. It can't be funny how let's laugh at them. And then two minutes later, you really feel for their terrible position
1: yeah one this was, is like, so, it's not like this is a comedy movie if this was a straight comedy movie it still wouldn't be appropriate by it'd be terrible but at least that would make sense when the only jokes in the movie are making fun of handicapped people are mentally disabled people are the only jokes in a very serious film otherwise that's trying to take itself seriously that's trying to be taken legitimately as a, a heartwarming feel-good film it feels distasteful and it feels gross, and I don't like it.
0: Yeah, and it's it, it straight up edited terribly. Like, this is amateur editing. It's just, it's done so terribly, yeah. I just the I don't the other jokes
1: it. were even the worst part.
0: Yeah. Like, just the movie itself is just brutal. Uh, the one good thing about I Am Sam, and it, it's the one saving grace, is unfortunately the reason why this movie's on the bracket is Michelle Pfeiffer. She, she is really good in this. I actually really like her character a lot. And so if I'm going off performance, I think Michelle Pfeiffer might be even better in I Am Sam than Stardust. Uh, but I'm not. I'm going off movie. Uh, Stardust is way more fun. It is, Stardust is very fun. I, I can't wait to talk about it later. But get out of here, Sam. So we can move on to the next round. Andrew. what else do we have facing
2: off here?
3: The next two movies are One Fine Day and White Alender? El-
2: a leander? I don't a know.
3: leander i'm not sure it's more
2: than five
0: letters long i don't know yeah
3: exactly it. um so i remember uh my mom watching one fine day growing up and i kind of thought it was just like a cute little rom-com i kind of wanted to throw it in there uh you have michelle pfeiffer and then you have george clooney um i thought they were both really good in this actually Um, I kind of liked how, you know, like, they had two children that were in daycare together, school. um, And then they kind of just keep, like, bumping into each other. Um, And then, obviously, at the end, they kind of end up falling for each other. But it basically goes through, like, just a complete day um, with both of them having really hectic lives. Um, And, yeah, I I really like this one. And then why. Linder was basically about Michelle Pfeiffer going crazy and um, killing her ex-lover and her daughter kind of just going through life without her um, because of what she did. Michelle Pfeiffer is in jail for the rest of her life. Um, and you see kind of like how her daughter grew up like in like foster care. Um, she kind of went through many different stages. Um, one state like one scene that like really sticks out is like where she literally like cut all her hair off, uh, it gets you know, pretty, pretty drastic. Um, but then in the end, she comes out like, I guess somewhat normal. <laughs> um, so I think for this one, uh, my vote would be for one fine day.
2: For me, the pretty different films, where one of
0: them, Michelle Pfeiffer, isn't really that important, and the film is just a fucking ride. Every twenty minutes, something nuts happens, and just the story completely changes, and it's just a fucking nuts. And one fine day, is like Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney are kind of into each other. They're kind of just chilling, you know. Uh, they kind of love each other. They're kind of flirting. You know, it's a little fun. rom-com, a very chill vibe, which is totally the opposite of White Oleander. So I like that they're facing off against each other. Uh, For me, it's kind of simple because uh, I thought White Oleander was a little, I don't know, a a little boring Uh, or definitely dragged at times. While One Fine Day, I thought was a very cute romantic film. Like, honestly, if next Valentine's Day, Andrew was just like, you know what? I would really like to just watch One Fine Day with a glass of wine i'd be down like I, I would definitely revisit this film every now and then i thought i thought it was very cute and one of my favorite romantic films uh that i can think of at the top of my mind i, I thought it was a very fun time so i'm gonna vote for
4: one fine day as well all righty now now you guys are voting the right way um <laughs> <laughs> white Orlando uh was atrocious <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, she did all right as the mother, but, like, she was not a good mother in that The daughter, I did not like. Um, The only one I did like killed herself. So that speaks for itself. Where one fine day, you got George Clooney, you got Michelle Pfeiffer, and you got my boy, Alec. And you might be wondering, who is Alec? He's a young boy. And you might wonder, what else did he star in? That's right. He starred in Home Alone 3. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. And that film speaks for itself
2: <laughs> Masterpiece. one
4: fine day is just adorable i love seeing my boy alex and just for that
2: i want to vote for it
4: i can't wait till next
0: year we do the actor bracket again and Hane picks alex i hope he picks alex He's only into your that's good enough for me <laughs> um yeah so one fine day is you know your, your
1: standard bargain bin rom-com it was good it was fine didn't really push the envelope I always like those movies that all take place in one day. I always find that fun. I like rom-coms in general. So I, I, I enjoyed it for sure. Uh, as Hayden mentioned, White Orleander sucks. Uh, it just wasn't good. And I, I, it was weird to me. Because like on pen and paper, you look at like all that happens in that movie. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in that movie. You're like, man, there's no way this movie's boring. And then you watch it. You're like, oh, it is. Like, I don't know how it's boring, but it most definitely is boring. I didn't really care for anything that was going on on screen. Never really grabbed my attention. It was way too long. And it never really felt like it
2: was going anywhere. It felt like it just kept kind of going in circles. Uh, whereas One Fine Day, I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's one fine movie.
5: Yeah, one fine movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, very cute
0: film. Uh, I'm glad it's up against bad competition just so we can make it to the next round because it, it's, it's a good time.
2: All right. Andrea, what is facing off next?
3: All right. Now we have Scarface and murder on the Orient Express. Uh, so we literally just watched Scarface. It was the last movie that I had to watch, I kind of put it off. Um, you know, it, it's basically Al Pacino um, in this role uh, where he's kind of starting at the bottom um, to get into uh, to become like basically a drug lord. Um, and you kind of like see He's going up this ladder, and he is working with all these other drug lords. Um, And then he meets this one drug lord, and Michelle Pfeiffer is his girlfriend. Um, And he's kind of, like, infatuated with her from, like, that moment on. Basically, he kind of just climbs the ladder. And, you know, like, he's, you know, doing the cocaine trade and everything. But, like, he's, he's still a good person in the beginning. But then you kind of slowly kind of see his downfall and Michelle Pfeiffer becomes his wife. And, you know, I think Michelle Pfeiffer does really good at at his wife. Like, I thought her performance was um, well done. Um, But yeah, probably not typically my type of movie. Um, And then you have Murder on the Orient Express. Basically, where um, an individual is murdered on the train and it's a big mystery. They have to figure out like all these moving pieces of people on the train and who probably committed the murder. M- Michelle Pfeiffer is just among the group of passengers. Um, and it's okay. Honestly, both of these movies for me personally were probably just middle of the road. So I'm gonna go uh, with best performance. Um, I'm gonna say Scarface for that.
2: Yeah, I'll go
1: next. Uh, Scarface and Murder and the Orient Express. Uh, I had never seen Scarface before this podcast, so I was really happy that Andrew picked it for the list. It's always one of those sort of big, classic, iconic movies. I never never got around to watching mostly because it's a full three hours, and I tend not like those. Uh, but this one, I thought this one was quite good as far as like the like, iconic mob movies go. It's not my favorite. You know, I prefer like The Godfathers and Goodfellas in particular uh, more than uh, Scarface. But I for sure did enjoy Scarface. Murder on the Nord Express, this is the remake that came out, what, 2015, something like that. Hmm. Um, it was only okay. Uh, I didn't love the original, but I most definitely preferred the original over this one. I thought set design and production design was all much better done in the original compared to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, I haven't actually seen the original Scarface. I've only seen the uh, the 70s remake that we're talking about here. 70s, right, now, 80s? No, here. it's 1983. 83, my bad, okay. So the 80s remake that we're talking about here... But uh, I'm for sure going to go with Scarface over Marvel Express. It is a classic for a reason. It is still very good. It most definitely is too long. It for sure could have been cut like a full hour, I would go on to say. Oh. Uh, it, mm-hmm. But it, I did enjoy it. I most definitely liked the film. I like Tony Montana. He's a good character. He's a cool character. He's a badass, that's for sure. And they, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer does great in it. Uh, it is her strong performance between the two. She's also more porn in the movie. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going Scarface
0: uh yeah you know, we'll we'll make it a third i don't know uh where hayden's leaning here but he's a big fan of trains yeah. so i can't <laughs> yeah.
1: tell you where you're gonna go on this one
0: yeah that's true no trains in scarface uh but there was in the Orange express i guess that all that's all it has going for it i've seen the no original trains, but a lot of rails you know <laughs> yeah that's right uh i've seen the original for both of these and both of these which are the remakes i guess pfeiffer likes to do the uh the remakes of the classics um for the originals, I prefer the original Murder on the Orient Express, and for the remakes, I prefer Scarface. Uh, I do like the original Scarface, but you can't beat Al Pacito. Al Pacino is is the Scarface. Like he he's he's perfect for it. So I'm definitely going to be voting for Scarface out of the two here. Uh but Murder on the Orient Express is fine. It's it's good. It's like better than I am Sam and White Oleander. Like, like Murder on the or, or Murder on the Orient Express is a decent movie. Like if you want to check not it out. That's a famous sure. Quentin yeah yeah. Yeah, i got scarface come on what are you gonna do
4: wait are we allowed to say spoilers
0: uh
1: yeah yeah if you're gonna tell me who does a murder on the oren express
4: absolutely no no oh is that what you're gonna spoil okay well fuck the ending of murder on the Orient express (laughs) (laughs) the movie's just shit i'm not gonna spoil
0: Uh, we won't spoil much but amber heard would have loved this movie there's no shitting on the bed. Yeah, it's like someone's shitting on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> something I really know if I ever the you know? Yeah, uh, you know. Johnny Depp dies in the first ten minutes. Oh. Uh. Wait, that,
1: that's Johnny Depp? Yeah, I don't think I, I don't know if I picked up on the-
0: Yeah, the guy that yeah. gets murdered at the very end of the yeah. movie is Johnny Depp. Yeah. It
3: is. I don't
0: know if I know oh, that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I don't think I paid it. I think I was gonna die early on. Yes.
3: on the bed. I was wondering
0: Yeah. yeah. They both went for the shitting on I the bed. Yeah. I was wondering.
3: Yeah,
5: I thought you were having <laughs> a shitting on the bed.
0: Another easy yeah. vote here, you know. Andrew's first mm-hmm. round. Uh, we we were all pretty much in unison, except for I guess Hayden for the Stardust. I am Sam vote, but we're, we're all I pretty would much.
4: Vote I am Sam over.
2: I would not. Yeah.
4: Oh, also over White Orlander. I would
2: vote for Express
4: over. No, I mean I am Sam over White Orlander. Uh. I would only vote for I am
0: Sam over River and Overturn. That that's it. That's the only way it would win a vote. You know? <laughs> oh Uh, anyways andrew the last two michelle pfeiffer sorry uh the last two michelle pfeiffer films uh what do we got
3: all right so we have uh the prince of egypt and then we have mother uh so the prince of egypt is basically just the story of two brothers moses and ramus um and basically um basically uh, one like overpowering the other you also have like the big story of uh, separating I believe that like the Red Sea um, and overall it, it's pretty good um, Michelle Pfeiffer is voiced uh, sorry Michelle Pfeiffer voices the, the mother um, of both of the brothers um, so not in it a ton um, but then it, you also have Mother, um, which is basically, it, it's kind of really fucked up. Like, I actually had to look up what this movie was about, because <laughs> I had uh, zero idea. I think everyone did. Um, I, I think, yeah, I hope everyone else was com- as confused as me, Um, and basically, um, yeah, I feel like Anything I say will spoil it, but basically a stranger comes one day to just stay in the house because they thought it was a bed and breakfast. And then slowly his wife comes, which is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, And yeah, then there's like a ton of chaos in the house. Um, And then there's a murder. And then from there, it kind of just goes off the rails. Uh, So it's kind of hard to explain. Michelle Pfeiffer was... I'll write in it. She is honestly, she is pretty minimal in both of these films. Um, but I'm going to go with the one that um, I understand better. And that would be the Prince of Egypt.
0: <laughs> I'm also going to be going for the Prince of Egypt because I don't necessarily uh, know what the fuck I watched when I watched Mother. <laughs> uh, I looked it up after and it's uh, an allegory of religion, which yeah. I understand now. But when I watch the movie, I'll tell you right now. I didn't fucking think of that. Like, like, I, like it makes a lot of sense once you you just got to read Allegory Religion and you just go, oh, okay, I understand the whole movie now. But when you're watching it, it, I, it made no freaking sense. I have no idea what was going on. And I don't even really know if I still understand half of what was going on. Like, I kind of understand the idea, but I don't know. It was... You know, it was for smart people, and so that means it was not for me, because I don't know what the frig I just watched. So I am voting for The Prince of Egypt, because I am, hey, that's also, re- you know, uh, there, it's also an allegory of religion. It's literally a uh, religious story. So I just realized you put both of these side by side.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, You know, uh, the two Catholic movies, interesting. One is pro-Catholic and one is not. But I'm going to vote for Prince of Egypt, because uh, I like the story of Moses, and it didn't confuse me. It was a normal story of religion, so that's my vote.
4: Uh yeah, mother was a complete mess. I I didn't like it at all. Um, Prince of Egypt. I it's the second best movie about Moses I've watched.
2: Wait, what's time. better? Uh, Exodus. I one sec. Called Exodus. Gods and Kings. It's a live action. Oh, check it out. Sometime. Um, well, it's
4: I watched it in religion class. Not a bad movie to watch from school. But uh, Prince of Egypt. Was fine. I've heard people claim it's like one of the best streamer movies. Uh, they're completely off the rock, but it is a lot better than Mother. I'm going for Egypt. All right. Well, I really enjoyed Mother. I, I thought it was
1: pretty, pretty fun. Um, Prince of Egypt is the one movie on this list I was really hoping I could read on this, and I haven't had the chance to yet. So I haven't seen Prince of Egypt, and coming on close to a decade here, so I'm going off some pretty old memories of Prince of Egypt. But I do still remember the movie which I think says a lot about the movie. Um, because most movies i see seen a decade ago, I can't tell you shit about it. So, um, but I did really like Mother. I picked up on the allegories. Honestly, I thought it was more so an allegory on Mother in general. Uh, but I guess, you know, obviously lots of religious elements, particularly in the second half. Uh, very obvious religious elements and tones. Uh, I enjoyed it for sure. I will still be giving my vote to Prince of Egypt. I think it's a more coherent film. Uh, I think it's overall probably the more rememberable film. And it's for sure the most easily
0: digestible.
1: I'm all about movies having big, you know, messaging and, 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 you know, hinting at things for the audience to figure out and piece together themselves. Uh, but there also is, you know, it has to be accessible to most people. And if most people don't even know what the movie is about, there might be an issue in, in, in how you're telling your story, how you're telling your message. And there most definitely was parts that I, uh, didn't make total sense in Mother. Uh, Princess of Egypt never really had these kind of issues. Overall, it's more apparent film. Ever want to rewatch one of them? It'll probably be the one I want to rewatch more so than Mother, because at least it does tell a real, you know, coherent story from start to finish with lots of other messaging in between. Uh, where Mother really, if you're not picking up on the main messaging, if you're looking for a story
0: or a plot, not really
1: going to provide.
5: Yeah,
0: uh, Mother is one I do plan on rewatching in like a couple of years, you know, whenever I'm ready to finally tackle it, because I am interested in the movie. It is so unique and odd that it's kind of interesting. Sorry, that it's it, it, it kind of piques my interest to revisit it eventually. But The Prince of Egypt is a very fun film uh it's one that we watched a few months ago and heck i think we mentioned it a few times oh well, we should probably check it out again soon it's it's very cute uh, it's, it's very enjoyable so it makes sense that this is the one that's moving forward there we go another unanimous vote for michelle pfeiffer i guess that's the easier section here but uh, we saved the best actress for last tristan absolutely we did give us
1: give us uh, a Vanessa again if you've forgotten from the beginning of the podcast pick my girl Vanessa Hudgens so I went and picked eight of her films there might be a couple notable exceptions I didn't pick probably namely Tick Tick Boom I didn't pick Tick Tick Boom because we just talked about it on the 2021 podcast yeah so I didn't want to rehash it again here so I thought I'd pick eight new movies from Vanessa Hudgens we haven't seen or at least haven't talked about yet although I think we've seen at least a good few of these before uh, and I ordered them one through eight largely just on what I thought like most popular, what I thought people would know, you know. So, number one, I picked probably her most well known movie or single most well known movie. And then I the started her careers and a lot of other people's careers, is, of course, High School Musical. Uh, and that's going up against what I deem to be probably the least known movie. Uh, maybe second least known movie, but close to, if not. Uh, and that's Frozen Ground. High School Musical, of course, being the Disney Channel classic uh, rom com between the, uh, two star crossed lovers. One was a. A, fo- a basketball superstar. The other one was a nerdy a, uh, academic girl. And they meet uh, and they fall in love. Uh, and more importantly, they find the love and passion for each other and for music. And a uh, frozen ground, uh, sort of in the same vein, is a really crime drama where Vanessa Hudgens plays a drug addict and a, uh, there's a serial killer going around killing prostitutes. And she's next on his hit list. And it's about a police detective trying to solve the case. Uh, my vote's
2: for High School music- I don't think interesting seen any of these movies
0: before we did the podcast. This was a full Vanessa Hudgens cleanse for her. Yeah, that, you know what? That's fair. I, that's fair. I guess it was a... Uh, House of will be a little after she's watching Disney. or
5: the getting there.
0: So I can't really speak for her, but uh, I think she had a great time. I, I think these are her eight favorite films of all time now. Really... I, if they're not, they will be seen. They're,
1: they're, they're, <laughs> like... they're all
5: in. One <laughs> after another.
0: Uh, Andrew just glared at me so I guess I shouldn't be speaking for her but um for these two High School Musical and Frozen Ground it's a bit of a no-brainer for me as well I'm also gonna be voting for High School Musical because uh I like that movie and I don't really like Frozen Ground but you know uh, that one's got Nick Cage and that's about as that's about all you need Uh, this is probably your second best film of this list uh, because it does have Nick Cage but unfortunately it's against second best film I'm just kidding but it is against High School Musical so I gotta vote against
4: it yeah I'm I'm, I didn't like Frozen Ground at all I found it it took itself way too serious and then I realized it was based on True Story so I kind of like
2: realized why it was so serious but like I don't feel the need at all to like make it a movie because you're at that point you're just kind of like promoting what the dude did um Yeah, but High School Musical, man, it's a blast. I love High School Musical, so I'm going to.
3: Frozen Ground was a hot mess. Um,
4: Well, it's Frozen.
3: Frozen. I mean, I guess, but um, Vanessa Hutchinson really did peak when she did High School Musical. Um, so yeah, I really, I, I actually did like High School Musical, okay? <laughs> um, I also really liked Ryan, and I really appreciated, like, his style for clothes. I like that guy. Um, mm. but yeah, Vanessa Hudgens was, she was good. So yeah, I'll be voting for High School Musical.
2: Yeah, who doesn't like Ryan? Come on. What are the next two coming up, Tris? What else do we got for Vanessa? All right, so my next
1: one, my fourth and fifth seed. Here I went with Princess Switch 3 and The Night Before Christmas. I also find that these two both end up to be a um, Netflix Christmas movies starring Vanessa Hudgens, which there are many of. Princess Switch 3 is a third film in the critically acclaimed Princess Switch franchise in which Vanessa Hudgens doesn't just play one princess, not just two princesses, but three different princesses. Actually, three different characters are not all princesses. But they do switch. Although not in the third one. So why they still call it that, I don't really know. Or I guess they sort of did. And then the other one is the Night Before Christmas. This one is, but knight spelled as in K-N-I-G-T, you know, knight like Knight in shining armor. This is about a knight of the round table who gets a uh, cursed, I guess, or, you know, enchanted maybe by this uh, old lady he finds. I think it's sort of like a Beauty and the Beast type situation uh, where he is banished to a uh, human world or the world we live in now, the future, I guess. Uh, where he, he finds a, uh, a fairly normal Vanessa Hudgens just living her life, and they, uh, she decides to help him. It's a real fish out of water tail. It's pretty fun. Um, my, actually, one of my buddies I went to university with worked on the props department in this movie. He worked on the film. He met Vanessa Hudgens when they are filming it. And uh, so shout out to my boy, Kyle. Uh, I'm going to give my vote to Night Before Christmas. I, I think it was a better film. This is a more original film. It was a more fun film. Princess Switch really peaked at the second film in the franchise. And it didn't really justify why it made a third. If they added a fourth Vanessa Hudgens in this film, probably would have swayed my opinion a little. But I got to go with Night Before Chris Christmas. More unique, more original, and probably the one I would go back to before I Go Back to Princess Switch. I
4: would have added, uh said, five. If I there know. were five Vanessa Hudgens, it would win the whole podcast. There wouldn't have been a By the end of it, two by a dozen. Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be seventh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, while well, I'm talking, so might as well... Give my opinions. Uh, yeah, Princess Switch Three was a a heist film, not a Christmas film. Uh, I didn't really enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the first two. And Night Before Christmas, man, I enjoyed it so much. All the character, the knights like acting like a knight, not like modern times. Uh, it was just kind of fun seeing him clash with modern day. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens and the chemistry between awesome. And I found the vanessa hudgens was it her sister her sister and niece those two are also like really good characters and i don't know i just really like them.
2: this was princess switch 2 this would have been a
0: slam dunk princess switch 2 might be vanessa hudgens's best film princess switch 2 is it, it, it's hilarious because the first movie there's two of them in the switch Princess Switch 2, there's three of them, and there's all kinds of switching going on over, on over there. It's a total mess. It's fantastic. Uh, Princess Switch 3, like Hayden says, is just a heist movie, and there's very little switching going on. They switch for, like, a few minutes near the end of the movie, because I think they realized, oh, crap! We forgot the title of the movie. They gotta switch quickly. Just, just do something. Switch. Like I think they forgot what the whole fucking point of the series is supposed to be. It's supposed to be as many Vanessa Hudgens as possible switching as much as possible. That's the fun. Mm. That's the comedy. So Princess Switch Three is straight up bad. Like it was just, They did not add an extra Hudgens. They did not switch multiple times. It's just straight up terrible. I don't know why they did that. They should have had like a guy Vanessa Hudgens and like Vanessa Hudgens is playing a dude as the fourth Vanessa Hudgens that looks just like the three girls or something. Like, something ridiculous. They really could have went all out here, but they but did what not.
1: what if they brought in an identical person who looked exactly like one of the princes? You know what I mean? Like, they're the no. twin of
0: somebody else. No the, joke, no, the joke is that Vanessa Hudgens has to do all these different terrible accents in the same scene. What if she was playing the twin of one of the guys? Okay, yeah. As long as Vanessa Hudgens is playing it. I, frankly... Would love to fire every other character in the movie and just have the whole movie be a bunch of Vanessa Hudgens talking to each other. That's that would be brilliant. That's the dream. So Princess Switch Three is just straight up bad. I don't know why they butchered this so badly. They know the key to the formula: more Hudgens. It's terrible. (laughs) Uh, On the other hand, though, Night Before Christmas isn't that great either. But at least you know, at least it's fun. At least they know what they're doing. Unlike the heist movie over there. So uh, I'm definitely voting for the Night Before Christmas.
3: Um, yeah, so, yeah, like you guys have all said, Princess Switch 3, which is a hot mess, I don't think that they even needed to do it, and then The Night Before Christmas, I actually really like this one, it felt like a Hallmark movie to me, um, and I'm really big into those, uh, so my vote would go to A Night Before Christmas.
0: Yeah, this would definitely be a movie I would show our grandmother.
3: She would like it.
2: Oh, our grandmother would like it. Yeah, (laughs) She would eat this up. Oh, yeah. Here we are at High School Musical 2,
1: uh, the sequel to the beloved original High School Musical, if you remember. That was in a couple rounds ago. And High School Musical 2 is facing off against Beastly. For those of you who haven't heard of Beastly, Beastly is sort of like a a modern retelling of the classic Beauty and the Beast story, where Vanessa Hudgens, I guess you can say, plays a Belle-like character. Where she goes to high school, and she kind of bumps into this weird, real jockey kind of buff guy who's super handsome. And boy, does he know he's super handsome. And he keeps talking about how handsome he is. And everyone talks about how handsome he is. Everyone knows how handsome he is. Uh, And then, of course, this weird goth girl. You can tell she's weird and goth, because she has part of her hair cut and has a piercing. (laughs) So she's a weird goth girl, and she curses him to be ugly like her, even though she wasn't ugly. She just had a piercing and part of her head shaved. (laughs) Um, curses him to be ugly, and where he becomes bald and has like weird tattoos and scars, uh, rather than growing hair and things. Yeah, maybe it was veins. I don't know, there are tattoos or veins or scars. I don't know. He was bald though, and he really hated that. Yeah, and so then somehow he convinces Vanessa Hudgens' dad that Vanessa Hudgens is in danger. Um for some reason, because her dad owes money to the Mafia, even though the Mafia, and I assumed the the mob guy would be like this with Gaston, he never reappears. Uh, He gets arrested over a text message, and there's a cutscene which shows whatever his name was, Alex, I think was his name, got arrested, and that was a whole resolution to his story. Um, And so then they fall in love, of course, because it's Beauty and the Beast. There's no singing at all, uh, which is pretty disappointing.
0: Honestly, they saved us.
1: It is a really weird sort of story where they always sort of blurred the line on how much they wanted to lean into the storybook version of *Beating the Beast and how much they wanted it to be more of a modern retelling, um, in which like, there are some characters who are supposed to the Lumiere and Clogsworth of the film, or more like Lumiere and Miss Potts, I would say, because they the, took on more of a motherly role like Mrs. Potts, uh, but they weren't cursed at all. They just had to stay in there because they were contractually obligated to, I guess. They, they, they didn't look any different than normal humans. To yeah. me, they seems like they could have left at any point in time, but they kept saying how they couldn't leave, They couldn't leave, and they never really explained well, why they, they couldn't leave. leave. But they can't quit if it's just a job then. That's not a, real, not a real reason why they couldn't. It just, I guess, felt real obligated not to. Uh, the, none of the movie really made too much sense. Some of the scripting was weird, and some of the scripting I thought was pretty decent. I overall am for sure voting High School Musical 2 over it.
2: All right, I'll get more of my thoughts on that one in the next round. I like High School Musical 2 I think it's uh, almost just as
4: good, close to just as good as the first one. Uh, the summertime vibe is completely there, and we get more Sharpay and her brother. What the? Ryan, of Ryan. course. That's it.
2: I love those.
4: They accentuate in the second, because, of course, their father is the club or place they're at.
2: Yeah, I really like that film. Beastly. I was not excited to go into this film and I was pleasantly surprised. It was like weirdly fun. I thought I clicked with the film. As much as I want
4: to vote beastly just to tick this and off, I'm going to vote high
2: school. Do it. All right, another high school musical 2 vote. I guess. For me it's it's yeah,
0: it's a bit of a no-brainer. Um Beastly's pretty fucking terrible. I don't I don't like the movie at all. I can't get over, I I still can't get over how the, the witch woman keeps saying, embrace the suck. Like, embrace being ugly, I guess, is what embrace the suck is supposed to mean. Embrace the suck is just a really weird phrase. And then when she curses him, his eyebrows are shaved off. There's no hair on his eyebrows. And one of the eyebrows says embrace in very small letters. And the other one says the suck. So his, so his eyebrows, if you look closely, is just embrace the suck, which is hilarious. A and B, I don't know if you're Vanessa Hudgens and you hear the line as cringy as embrace the suck. I think I would remember that. And when I'm stuck in a house with someone that has that tattooed on his face, I might maybe, I don't know. I think I would, but maybe I'm giving myself a little too much credit. I might think, hmm, is this the guy she cursed? Like like. I who else has that line, embrace the suck? It's so also, out there. It's not a common
1: phrase.
4: the exact same. Like, her voice didn't change. Okay, what about Superman and Clark Kent? What pair of glasses, really? No. Yeah, no. but everyone who Clark, who
1: he lives with, knows he's Superman. I mean, she didn't realize the whole time they were living together. It's a they were together for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And she didn't pick up on it. She wasn't
4: close to the cool guy, though.
0: Yeah,
2: that's, true. that's yeah, 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 yeah. She wasn't close she to him beforehand. Him before
0: I guess there's a I guess there's a chance, but um I don't know.
4: I'm voting for high Ice hurt. Well she was, but like she was not like right beside him or near him really when he, he got cursed. So she mm-hmm. probably just didn't even know about She
0: was. must be close enough to have him as her screensaver on her laptop after meeting him for one night, which is insane. I mean it's pretty easy to find a photo of someone yeah, but why would you put on your screensaver? Yeah, that's the insane like, part. The is the screensaver. screensaver. That so is, weird. yeah, that's nuts. I have the Joker as my screensaver. <laughs> I don't think that's the same thing. Like, what if you met, like, a random girl at a party for one night? Would you have her as your screensaver, Hayden? No, I have a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, I guess that's true, too. Uh, Tristan, you don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> would, would you have a photo of a random girl you met for one night as your screensaver? Well, I me and he, while we're talking,
1: we went to go check. And currently, it's just a default blue background, uh, Windows 10. So I guess anything would be better than that.
0: That's true. You should change it. Okay, that's a good point. Next party you go you to is a a take a photo with a girl. Yeah, i going to go to and- a party. If I go to a party, I'll meet somebody. Then I'll, I'll put... Okay, sounds good. All right, what are you voting for, Andrea?
3: You already added my vote on there, so I think you
0: know. <laughs> uh, I'm making a strong uh- assumption. <laughs> um...
3: Yeah, so I had actually seen Beastly before because I really love Beauty and the Beast. Um, It was one of my favorites growing up. Um, And so I wanted to watch Beastly because I was like, I don't know, excited for it, I guess, or something. And it was quite um, disappointing. (laughs) And then when we had to watch it again for this podcast, I was like, okay, maybe I judged it too hardly. No, it was just as bad as I remembered. I didn't want to watch it again. Um, and High School Musical 2 is leagues better than Beastly. Um, once again, just a shout out to Ryan. Um, yeah, that's showbiz. <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, I'm voting for High School Musical 2.
1: Yeah, one, more, one last one. I think the real problem with Beastly, before we move on here, is I can never decide how... If it wanted to be like a real fantasy where they transform into a beast and transform a clock and, 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 you know, a lamppost or whatever. And real set in high school with real people, modern language, modern technology, storytelling. And it blurred that line in a horrendous way. Um, Where there's still curses and people locked in towers and people trapped and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But they've just looked more normal, I guess. Even though they still looked weird because they're supposed to look weird. But they look more normal than they normally do. It felt weird. It either lean more into the Beauty of the Beast aspects, turn them into a beast, turn them into a clock, turn them into a, lamp, you know, a candlestick, or, or be more human about it, and they don't transform into a real physical beast, do something more, you know, social, or they get trapped in a room together for other reasons, that kind of stuff. Work around it more so than, than try to fight it. And it felt like they couldn't find the right mix between like, what they did with, say, 10 uh, Things I Hate About You and Hamming, of the, sh- and hamming of the Shrew, or 10 Things I Hate About You is a pretty great modern day rendition of the story it's the same story but it's totally taking place in modern day this one is kind of the same story and it kind of takes place in modern day but it's not really the same story and it doesn't really take place
5: yeah they
1: could have
0: just not made it that could have worked too oh or that was the other option yes <laughs> all right tristan what are the last two films of the last one? two movies yeah. on the list
1: the what does that be like the fourth and the sixth seed or something like that i don't know well, a uh no, no, it's a 3rd and 6th. 4th and 5th were the two Christmas. 3rd and 6th. It was Thunderbirds and Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers is one of the older A2 films. It's a real sort of like a, um, you know, party sort of teeny bop drama movie where they do lots of drugs and all that kind of stuff. And Thunderbirds is an absolute classic of a kid's movie. Uh, where it's these kids whose dads, or parents I guess I should say, are these superhero-like figures. They don't really have superpowers, they just have really, really cool vehicles that they fly, called the Thunderbirds. And there's a couple different ones, they're all different colors, that's so how you can tell them apart, mainly. And they are also different shape. And they, uh, of course the parents get kidnapped, or the kids to jump in the Thunderbirds and save the day, as always. Um, but it's for sure better than the Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers mostly suck. It's one of those movies that really focuses on style over substance. Uh, They spend so much time with these random camera shots and zooms up close-ins and panning cameras of people partying and doing drugs and and that kind of stuff rather than focus on any sort of plot that actually makes sense. None of the characters are really likable or come off very nice. Uh, They come off, at best, complacent in this sort of real grungy underworld that they live in where it's supposed to look great, you know, spring break on the beach, all that kind of stuff, but having fun and then getting real fucked up at night and all that kind of stuff. I uh, never really cared for any of the characters, never really followed the plot too much, because there's very little to follow. But one by one, each of the main girls wants to go home and leave Spring Break, which Spring Break's never ending here. It leaves me you want to leave. Well, at least Thunderbirds was a cute story. I remember it from my childhood. I had it on DVD, and I, uh, I do enjoy Thunderbirds as a kid. I rewatched it for this podcast. I still enjoyed it on the rewatch. Where Spring Breakers uh,
0: kind of sucked. I was gonna ask you if you rewatched Thunderbird, but I guess you just answered that question. Cause... Absolutely. You think I wouldn't rewatch Thunderbirds? <laughs> Any opportunity I get to rewatch Thunderbirds, yeah. Because this definitely was our childhood. We we watched this oh. movie quite a bit. We we loved Thunderbirds when we were younger. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it did not age well. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> no, it
2: didn't.
1: If you didn't grow up with it, and like don't be wrong, it wasn't like a huge movie at the time. In order to have grown up with it, your parents would have had to buy it on D for you. And then you grew up with it, because it was one of the six movies you had in a car ride when you're on a road trip for, like, yeah. you know, four days in a row on a road trip. you damn right you watched it multiple times. So I very much remember watching Thunderbird I remember loving Thunderbird. It, it hasn't aged as well as a lot of my other childhood classics. Uh, but I still find it fun. I can see why I liked it as a kid. I can see why no one else. Yeah, it didn't age
0: as well as Spider-Man 3. I'll give you that. Well, that's that's again. That's yeah, that's, that's hard really to compare. Good. But um, yeah, Thunderbird is a frickin' stinker. It's just painfully boring but I'm going to let nostalgia take hold of me here because Spring Breakers is also equally bad. So I'm going to vote for Thunderbird just based on childhood alone uh, because there was a moment in my life where I liked Thunderbird. I, it's it's not in that life anymore. I do not like this movie anymore, but there was a moment where I liked this movie. There will never be a moment I will like Spring Breakers. Uh, so that alone is a good enough reason for me to vote for Thunderbirds because Spring Breakers, like Justin says, it feels like it's, someone who doesn't understand art house movies trying to make an art house movie. Like, yes, it feels, that's a great way to fa- phrase it. Yeah. Like it feels like they're trying to be very artsy and create this art house style film, but they just don't know what the freak they're doing. Like the first half of the movie is like on Selena Gomez, but then the second half is all about James Franco. Like the consistency is really off. The story is really off for me it's really sexualized but in a very weird way i like am i supposed to like james franco because i don't but i feel like right? he's he's the <laughs> i don't like any of the characters and they're all over sexualized and it, yeah. it didn't make any sense yeah. to he's like the lead in the second half of the movie the only good part about spring breakers is james franco going spring break spring break his line delivery in that movie is pretty freaking great but aside from that the movie's pointless for me. So I'm, a, I'm another Thunderbird vote here, Tristan.
5: Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to the two people that did not grow up with Thunderbird and have this ridiculous nostalgia for it.
5: What?
3: Nothing. All right, oh. so... Wait did, you, wait, did you up, wait. wait,
0: did you grow up with Thunderbird? Yeah, Andrew, hit me. Did, did you grow up with nostalgia for Thunderbird? Am I yeah, I loved it. You? Ah, up- there we go, baby. We've got another Thunderbirder.
3: <laughs> um... No, I was just going to say, yeah, these were both terrible. Um, yeah, for Spring Breakers, like Quentin said, if you literally took a drink every time uh, James Franco said, Spring Break, you literally would be drunk by the end of this movie. Um, and then Thunderbirds, yeah, it was honestly not great as well. Um, but I like how her name was Tintin, so I am voting for Thunderbirds.
4: Oh, <laughs> Another vote for Thunderbirds. Yeah, I'm voting for Thunderbirds. Uh, let's go, spring- BB, clean <laughs> clean suite, baby clean sweep.
2: The clean sweep, baby.
4: Spring Breakers. It it felt. I'm going into. It, I thought it was gonna be a comedy, and I didn't laugh once. When Thunderbirds, I knew what I was getting into. I, I was expecting like a a shitty Spy Kids. I got a shitty Spy Kids. Um, yeah. All right, there we go. We are on to the second round
0: here. None of us have used our pass yet because we've only had one tie so far. Wow. Uh, and We, should've, we uh, should've used
1: the pass on the tie, hate.
0: Yeah, honestly, because it's not gonna happen that often. But, because uh, it's only gonna be good for this round, right? Uh, round three, it's just gonna be trying to convince each other here because I think yeah, that sounds we're getting pretty deep into it, one, by the time we get to round three. So here we are, the second round for all the films and the last round to use the pass. If we, cho- if we so choose to. Coming up at the beginning here, we have Niagara versus How to Marry a Millionaire. This is where it's going to start going pretty fast here. Uh, we've already discussed these movies. For me, I feel like it's going to be a little different to Tristan, at least, at least by the discussion we had. Because I'm going to vote for the uh, Hitchcockian Noir Niagara. Because I, uh, I just thought that movie worked really well for me. I, I really enjoyed that film. It's one of my favorite performances from Monroe out of... Her entire filmography i thought she was really good as like a femme fatale character i really wish she did more of this even after she finished mgm i wish she did a few more like niagara but she never did this was really her one time kind of playing a villain and i i, I loved it so i'm gonna vote for that i
1: guess uh, i honestly i really don't know where i'm gonna go on this like i, said, I did like gentleman for blondes over how to marry a millionaire but you no know, I'm, I'm gonna go with how to Marry a millionaire. i did like that one over niagara i find that this, this The last half of How to Marry a Millionaire does lose steam for me uh, quite a bit. But overall, I thought it was a more fun story. I had more incentive to go back and rewatch that one over in Niagara. Uh, I I thought it was quite funny at a lot of moments. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed all the three lead female actresses. I thought they all did a great job in it. I really enjoyed how they kept, they got this like big rich man's apartment they're living in. I can't remember how they, they're living in there. They kept selling off all of his items, didn't get more money. (laughs) And the apartment kept getting more and more empty as the film went on. Oh, that was hilarious uh i thought it was pretty fun overall i think it was some more fun film so that's the one i'm gonna go
3: yeah so um between these two i think i'm just gonna go with the one that i liked uh marilyn monroe's performance in *Bust*, um and that would be niagara i really liked uh like the mystery aspect of it uh and that's really kind of what, what sold it for me um I also really like Hitchcock films, and it really gave those vibes.
4: Yeah, I agree with uh, both of you with Niagara being the better film. I wasn't a fan of How to Marry a Millionaire, uh, so I'm glad to see Niagara getting almost an easy way through. Uh, So yeah, I'm going for Niagara. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little shocked. I thought it was going to be the only
0: Niagara stand here. I thought How to Marry a Millionaire millionaire, or Gentleman Prefer Blondes would have moved over to the Mm -hmm. third round, so this is pretty surprising. One that might not be as surprising, or it might actually be. I guess, looking at the two, I really love them both. The other two Monroe films we have here is The Seven Year Itch and Some Like It Hot. It is a Billy Wilder showdown. Uh, you directed both of these films. Okay. So, I don't know. Uh, I'll let you
4: guys go first. I'm really thinking about it. I think I'm leaning one way. This is, this is the hardest matchup so far, uh, by far, because these are my two favorite Marilyn Monroe films. Um. The Seven Year Itch is different from anything I've seen. Because like you said, uh, Some Like a Hot, there's like white chicks. uh, People have been pretending to be dressing up as girls in films. But uh, Seven Year Itch, I've never seen a film where uh, it's like psychological, but instead of it's a murder, it's will he get with the girl? Um, So that was something I loved. I love seeing new things in film. But something about Some Like a Hot, where the two guys were the first... 20 minutes. I don't really remember the first 20 minutes, but then it's just these two goofballs trying to play it cool. One of them has a hot for the hot girl. One of them w- just wants to get, like, wants to just keep going, pretend to be girls, just get the job done. And it's just the two guys were so much fun. And I think I have to vote for something like a hot.
1: Yeah. So between these two here, seven year rich and something like a hot, I enjoyed both for sure. I really like the creativity of seven year. However, I found Some Like a Hot. I laughed the hardest at Some Like a Hot, Like more than I did for any of the other Maryland movies. I think Some Like a Hot was absolutely hilarious at moments, for sure. It had some really, really funny moments. So I'm going to go with that one, for sure, over 7 year Itch. Although I do love the uh, creative and unique 7 year itch felt. I felt like about halfway through, I kind of like, all right, I get what's going on here. And then it just kept going for another half a movie without really progressing from where it was. Uh, which was not like a bad thing. I did enjoy the movie for sure. Some like a hot moved forward a lot more and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed for, for sure the second half as Hayden said, the first 20 minutes. It, 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 that was a bit of a shalong but a rather uh, a strong second half than a board. So I'll, I'll go
2: some like a hot. And then since you're
3: winning to go last... You know, this is yeah, this is definitely the hardest matchup because I like both of these films. Billy Wilder is an amazing director, and literally anything he does, I tend to really like. um But you know, I think I think I'm gonna go the opposite of you guys, and I think I'm gonna go the Seven Year Itch. I just really liked um, how it was filmed. I really liked, um, like, yeah, like you guys have said, like, is he gonna get with this girl? Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go with that
0: one. Yeah, Billy Wilder's just fantastic. Like this is even like top two Billy Wilder form. Like this is even peak Wilder, and there's still just so much fun. Ah, oh, um, both of them are very funny. Both of them, I think Monroe's. I can't even lean back on. Oh, which one did Monroe perform better in? Because she was very fun in both. The edge, I think, would be Jack Lemon, out of the two. One of them's got Jack Lennon. And him and Wilder are so well together. He's amazing in the apartment. That's one of the best performances in comedy. But his physical comedy is so great. Uh, and he's the lead in Some Like It Hot. He's, he's one of the two guys. And he's so electric. He's so much fun. I, 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 out of the two, I, I'm leaning towards Jack. I think he really helps make that film just that much more fun, that funnier. So out of the two, I think they're both very funny. I would recommend both of these. These are probably the two easiest recommendations for Marilyn Monroe. If someone's like, oh, hey, what should I check out for Monroe? Uh, these would be the two I would recommend because I think she's very fun and the movie itself is a blast. Then again, Seven Year Itch does have the, uh, the iconic dress shot. So it, that, that's close as well. But I'm going to go with some like it hot. So I'm not going to make it a tie here. I thought for sure yeah, you were going to make it a tie.
4: I thought you were tying her up. Fun. Uh, yeah,
0: no, no, I, I was yeah. close. I know I should have done it for fun. Uh, maybe I should have, but I'm like leaning towards some like it them hot. I I like it a lot.
3: I wanted more ties. Yeah,
0: sorry right. <laughs> I guess I should have made it more. Yeah, for the podcast, I should have done it. Uh, maybe next time.
4: So, uh, hey, what what are the next two facing off here? Oh man, so we got a uh, hereditary, uh, one of the big, bigger horror movies of the past little while, and uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, Fun family. Uh, these two. I actually didn't even want. I wanted these two to be the final ones facing off. I obviously never would happen. But uh, man, I'm gonna go with the hot take. I'm voting for Little Miss. I just had so much fun uh with this movie. Even though I wanted way way back, I saw it so much. And Hereditary didn't amaze me like it amazed a lot of people. It had some good
2: moments, but I just. I was almost bored during Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to wrap the back and just
0: make it a tie here for the other two. Uh, I'm definitely voting for hereditary out of these two movies, but I think they're both great. And I think Tony Klett's really good. But when you think of Tony Klett and when you just look at her filmography, uh, hereditary really sticks out for me. It's just, she's incredible. I think the movie's incredible. I really, really like Ari Aster. I am excited. For next year, because uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, disappointment Boulevard was pushed back to 2023. But I, anything he makes, I'm excited for, uh, and i'll start with this. Uh, Hereditary is fantastic.
1: Yeah, so. I'll jump in here as well. I think on the podcast, you no know, surprise, and I love Hereditary. I think Tony class performance in it is incredible. I think the lead's performance in it is also incredible. I, re- I love Little Miss Sunshine. I think it's adorable and hilarious. But I I, I gotta go with Hereditary. It's over to you, angia Are you yeah. sending Hereditary to the finals or tying it up?
3: uh you know if i wouldn't have said this in the first round i'm i don't know maybe but like like i said hereditary is my all-time favorite tony let uh movie so yeah it's definitely going to be hereditary
1: i thought you're also going to tie this one
3: up <laughs> i thought about it <laughs>
1: i knew Hayne, i knew if this one got tied up hayden was oh that would have been good hayden would have used it yeah yeah that
0: yeah, I'm the tough hurdle to get over. It's a, it's a big beast in this competition. Yes. It's, uh, it's going to go far, I think.
2: All right. Moving on to the next round here. What do we got here, Hayden? Uh, we got Knives Out and Muriel's Wedding. The movie
4: she leads in, Muriel's Wedding, and then uh, Collective, big cast, uh, Knives Out. Although she did have a big, way bigger role in Michelle's wedding, I just didn't like the film at all. Uh, Knives out. Just the scene where she realizes... Wait, we're allowed to talk about, like, a little spoilers, right? I'm not going to give it all away. It's a mystery movie, so don't, don't spoil who, who, who oh, does Oh, no, it. I wasn't talking about that at all. Okay. Uh, yeah. When the girl who's not even in the family gets the money... Uh, you just see her running over to the car, begging her and begging her, please give me some of the money, banging on the windows. And you truly see the emotion she has, how good she's at acting in that one scene. And that one scene's getting the vote.
0: Wow, he's really uh, trying to win us over by one scene. He's, he's, he's trying here, but I'm not falling for it. I'm voting for my girl Muriel and her wedding. Uh, let's do it. Uh, I don't know if anyone else is going to vote for me on this one, but I'll, I'll die on the sink and ship. I just think it's a cute film. I'll throw my vote out for it. I'm going to, you know, I, I got to appreciate this movie. Honestly, no one's heard of this film. I recommend it. I think it's very wacky. It's very interesting. As Tristan said, it, it, it's a little depressing, but I'll, I'll, I'll always remember this movie. I just thought it was a very good time. Mural's
1: wedding's a piss off. I'm voting for Knives Out.
0: <laughs>
3: crazy how much hate there is for Muriel's wedding. I'm kind of surprised. Not on my end. <laughs> not on your
0: end? Nothing but love.
3: Heck, let's just let's do Look, it. Look,
0: I really don't like
1: movies where the main character is dreadful. They can be like a bad person and be like, you know, like like not like break a bad scenario where obviously a bad guy but he was super rootable. And as, a, as an audience I loved watching him and rooting for him. I cannot say the same for Muriel in this movie. Here's, she actively annoyed
0: me and on a personal level I did not like her. Here's the thing for Muriel though. It's like I feel bad for her i just feel so sorry for her that i have nothing but sympathy i have no hatred towards I don't have
1: sympathy because it's all not all a lot of it's her own decision making
0: right but i still was a nice person or a good person or doing the right thing and she got bad luck she actively made the wrong decisions most of the time but i just find her character so like so sympathetic and so depressing just because the word you're looking for quentin is pathetic she is yeah her, her life is <laughs> pathetic but that's Isn't what makes it, it so, so very sad pathetic Her family doesn't like her. She has no friends uh, and she just feels isolated. She just feels like she is by herself. And the only source of happiness would be everybody to see her get married. And it's really depressing. It's really pathetic. But I think it's interesting to have a lead character so pathetic, just so embarrassing that I can't help but feel bad for her. Like, like I'm not angry at her at all. I feel terrible at how horrible her life is. Like, it's it's depressing. So I I, I I find her very interesting.
3: All right, yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna tie it up. I'll say Muriel's wedding.
0: <laughs> Let's go, Muriel. All right, so here's the big moment. Is anybody gonna be using their two for one pass?
4: Now is the time to like try to persuade someone to flip.
0: Well, I don't think this is persuading uh, me or you guys. I guess the only one that seems to be persuading Andrew or is feels Andrew.
1: persuadable, but I feel like at this point it probably a better, worthwhile it's
5: just to use the ticket.
0: Maybe I should have checked what else is on the list, cause I I, I don't actually
2: know. But um, <laughs> screw it. Know. I'll use my ticket. I there's only like four rounds left to use it. Anyone else gonna use it? I'm Muriel's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Muriel. Uh All right. Anybody else gonna use it? Um, cause we can't use these next round, right? Yeah. Just for clarification. Yeah, there's only... After this vote,
0: there's four more matchups that you could use it. But it might be a... T- yeah, it might be a matchup that you are more committed to. No, I'll, I'll use mine here.
2: Uh, I'll,
1: I'll throw knives out back.
0: All right, there we go. We're tying it back up. All right. I'll tie her back up there. I
1: regretted it not losing it last time I thought about you.
0: So, we, uh Not making that mistake here. That's right. Sorry. Anybody else using their tickets? Or are we going to leave it to Lady Luck?
2: All right. I like it. And the movie moving on to the next round
0: is Knives Out. Yeah,
5: baby! Uh,
0: You gotta respect it. That's fair.
1: I couldn't have Miro's wedding making it to
0: the semi. Come on. I could because it'd be hilarious. And I was also low-key baking on Hayden voting for it over Hereditary and I would have voted for Miro's wedding just for fun.
1: Yeah, see, I wasn't gonna let that happen. <laughs> but I don't think Hayden was
0: ever voting for Muriel.
4: <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he, I, don't. Uh, I just like both films, but yeah, like I give it three out
0: of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tristan, Tristan. There's no way he's voting for Muriel's wedding over Hereditary when he voted for Blinky Bill over Muriel.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, I wanted to stir
0: things. I know. But I, I, I was going to jump right at the opportunity and just say, I'm voting for Muriel over Hereditary. and Just to see if I could get Hayden going. Just see <laughs> I, if he, I probably would have. Yeah, Hayden might have done it.
4: Although, then Tristan would have, like, I would have been persuaded.
0: Yeah, 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 you would have been persuaded. It is fine. But it would have been good podcasting. Anyways, we have, uh, onto on to Michelle Pfeiffer here. Uh, what's facing off here, Andrea?
3: Um, so we have a Stardust. Uh, which is fantasy versus one Fine Day, which is a cute rom-com that takes place uh, during one day. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, I think I'm gonna go with the one. honestly, I really enjoy both of these films. I know not everyone does. Um, but I think I'm gonna go with One Fine day.
1: Oh, yeah, when I saw Andrea making her list, I'm like, man, I feel like she just really wanted one fine day to make finals here. Because it's, it's, it's obvious for me. I'm sending one fine day over Stardust. What? <laughs> I, I feel like the top half of her four, of her, her four rounds are like the four weakest films.
5: <laughs> I feel like she wanted one
4: fine day to make it there. But maybe I'm just wrong. Uh, mother is in the bottom half. Probably. That's right. I am Sam is better than me. That's a lie. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to vote for one fine day. What's going on? I'm voting for Stardust. Like,
0: like... <laughs> Wait, you're voting for Stardust over One Fine Day? Why not? Like, One Fine Day.
1: What was the plot about? It was so convoluted. There was so much bullcrap in there. But One Fine Day was a cute rom-com. You know, it's a fairly standard rom-com, but I had fun with it. Stardust was so, like, random bullshit just kept happening I didn't care about. And it was so long. And I was just waiting for it to be over the whole time. One fine day, quick 90 minutes, cute rom-com, life story, easily the better movie of the day.
0: Yeah, I I just one fine day is just so it, it's just so fine. It, it, it's I I enjoyed it quite a bit as I said last round. Uh, I really like one fine day. I I just don't know if it's really like a round three contender here. You know, it's, it's not. It's not.
1: But in the way she stacked the order here, it most definitely.
0: I guess yeah. I, I it's thought, at
1: least a passable rom com. I don't know if Stardust is really a, a passable medieval fantasy movie. There are just so much better ones. Like not a probably, aren't better yeah. rom coms. Um, I you struggle to think of a worse sci-fi, I mean fantasy, medieval movie
0: than Stardust. But One Fine Day, I know also worse one. I probably like One Fine Day more. To be honest with you, I just think Stardust is you know there's more to more to talk about at least. You know I've got nothing else to say about One Fine Day. We got round three to go now. Uh, Stardust, at least. The only thing I have to talk about with Stardust is don't watch it. That's all I have to say about it.
3: Honestly, you guys, I really like Stardust. I didn't realize everyone was going to hate it I so liked
1: much. It. I'm probably shitting on it a little too yeah. much. It's not like the absolute worst. Yes. I just have no interest in ever watching.
0: I would say the first 30 me. minutes is the absolute worst. Like, the lead character, Tristan, is really bad in the first 30 minutes. Yes. I, mean, he's like, I didn't like the main guy. And he kept
1: saying my name, which I also didn't like.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah. name's Tristan. You can relate to him? Um, I, I thought he was terrible in the first half of the movie where yeah. he's like, oh, please, let me get you let me get you anything let me prove to you that yeah. i'm better than that guy like, like begging. yeah he's like i'm the nice guy i really like you you should like me because i'm nice and she's like uh fuck you're you're so stock that's right. a, fuck. that now that yeah. i remember you're right you yeah. have like
1: yeah. an incel for the main character yeah yeah it yeah. It's,
0: it's really embarrassing he's terrible and she's just like uh fuck like get off my back man you're so fucking obsessive i don't know uh, go get me that star that we just saw And he's like oh i will i will i'll get you the star he was so pathetic also when they were looking at the star he had like a picnic with her right he's like oh i spent all my money on this picnic and this very elegant wine just for you would he ever spend wine on you would he ever pay this much and she's like um well actually he's gone to like a nearby town and get me like a ring he's like a ring what a loser like he's like so like self-defensive and cringy he's really bad
1: and you're voting for him over giga chad george clooney over there come on
0: <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point because george clooney is fucking awesome in one fine yeah. day i really like george clooney uh, you convinced me screw it i'm voting for one fine day as yes. well yes
5: a yeah um
0: but Stardust, after the first 30 minutes, I think it's a very fun fantasy movie. It's just like, like you know, Robert De Niro's in drag. Like, he Michelle was the Pfeiffer. best yeah. part
3: of it. Robert De Niro was by far the Michelle best.
0: Michelle Pfeiffer's great as like trying to get a star just to be young again. Like everybody after the boring, Tristan's cringy as hell mm-hmm. 30 minutes. Uh, I think the rest of the movie is pretty cute. A fun kids movie, fantasy flick. But yeah, you convinced mm-hmm. me, Tristan. One fine day it is. Uh, you know, not like my vote mattered because everyone else voted for it, but, you know. Uh, anyways, Andrew, what's the next film for Michelle Pfeiffer?
3: All right, then the next two we have are Scarface, um, having to do with drugs and crime and The Prince of Egypt, which is animation, having to do with, like, a biblical story. Um, and for me, um. Honestly, I just really liked Michelle Pfeiffer in Scarface. Like I said, I didn't enjoy the movie to its fullest, but I thought her performance was great. So I'm going to pick Scarface.
1: I'm going to jump on here now just to say like, and this one is honestly because I wish I would have rewatched Prince of Egypt. I feel like if I would have rewatched it, I might have swung that way. But to, to, to give the vote on Prince of Egypt over 10 years of knowledge, you know, when I just watched Scarface, Scarface was really good. Michelle's Pfeiffer performance in it was really, really good. I gotta go Scarface for my vote here. However, if Quinn and Hannah are both real gung-ho of Egypt, I can probably flop. I'm not too strong on it, but my vote's going for Scarface.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not going to try and convince you here, Tristan. I'm also voting for Scarface. Uh, I, I, just, I, I just thought Scarface was a lot better. I also just thought it was a way bigger Michelle Pfeiffer performance. I thought she was fantastic in that. When I walk away from Prince of Egypt, I don't even think about Michelle Pfeiffer, but I guess it could be due to animation being a factor. But she's great in Scarface, and the film itself I just think is a lot stronger. So I'm going to go with Scarface here.
2: I'm not even entirely sure who she played. Him. Uh, she played the mother. The
3: mother, the, the mother of the boys.
2: Oh, okay. Um,
4: but yeah, I'm going for Scarface just because it was a good movie, and I loved the ending.
2: The ending, it ended, like, once it was over, they didn't stall it from all right. Well, the only reason why once it was over it was done because it was already
0: three hours. They couldn't make it any longer.
3: <laughs> no joke. No.
2: But
0: I do kind of like how it ends right on a high, right? I do like that, too. I, I, the ending of it is the best part,
5: yeah.
2: Uh, okay, well, that I disagree That's not the best part. Um, anyways, uh, Tristan, moving on to Vanessa Hudgens. All right, time for the good category.
1: All right. First matchup of the second round here for Vanessa Hudgens is going to be High School Musical versus The Night Before Christmas. Where are you guys leaning on this one?
5: Uh,
0: I'm voting High School Musical. I don't, honestly, I don't need to talk about much for Vanessa Hudgens for these next two rounds. Uh, high School Musical.
4: a dog. Then I, if he didn't have it first, High School Musical, it would be having my vote. But, sadly, my boy, The Night. I'm, I'm voting for High
2: School. Yeah, I'm going to go High School Musical on this one, too. High,
1: night Before Christmas. Very fun movie. If you haven't checked it out next maybe 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 catch it. It's a good Christmas flick if you like those. I love Christmas movies. Uh but High School Musical is a classic. It is an, an an absolute classic. I cannot, you know, vote against it here in this round. I gotta vote for High School Musical.
3: Man, I thought someone might vote for Night Before Christmas. I like I mean, I like both of these. Um so I don't know if it's even gonna matter. Um You know, it probably will not matter if anyone is wanting to change their vote, but I'm going to do Night Before Christmas.
2: (laughs) Ooh, big play.
0: (laughs) I'm not changing my vote, but I guess while we wait for someone to possibly flip, I do kind of want to just point out one thing about Night Before Christmas that is really funny to me, that is not intentional by the writers at all, It's just how unfazed he is by modern society. Like, he's a fucking knight. He does not know what cars are. He does not know what electricity is. Mm -hmm. And, like, sure, he was a little shocked by, like, cars and stuff in the first 15 minutes of him making it to modern society. But the whole fucking movie should him be like, wait, what the fuck is a toaster? Wait, wait, what is this shit? Like, the first 10 minutes of him being in modern society, he's like, oh, a car? What, What is this? Or what's that over there? Like, he was, like, a little shocked for a bit. But then, like, 10 minutes later, he's, like, wearing a scarf. He's like, oh, look at this new scarf I picked up at, like home depot or something like he like is so unfazed by like he's just a normal person after yeah. that it's really funny to me how just he's so normal uh which i don't think was the raiders intent but it was a really funny running joke just how normal he was in society after like you know the 20 minute mark of the movie
4: <laughs> i'm surprised they didn't use like the horsepower under the hood joke i you thought they would have yeah i thought
0: they would have been like this runs on horsepower and he's like i got a steed myself yeah, they, they, they really didn't go too much into like a fish out of water story. It really should have been more about that. They were too much into the romantic part, plot line, but they really should have had him like have no fucking idea what's going on because really, <laughs> I, you know, he's a pretty smart guy. You uh, got used to it pretty quick. We'll give him that. Anyways, no one's cha- changing their vote. We're singing to High School Musical. Hell no, I ain't changing my okay. vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, High School Musical is moving right. on. Tristan, what is. Uh, what's the next one? Right. The final
1: matchup in the second round here. Possibly the most important matchup in the second round here. High School
2: Musical 2 versus Thunderbird. Two classics. What are you guys thinking about this one? I'll I'll start her off. Uh, I really like High School Musical 2. But I'm going a, I'm to a vote Thunderbirds
4: Um, if someone wants to vote with me and we can tie her up. Final one. That'll be kind of fun. But uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Thunderbirds is fun and all. I'm there for the... But I'm going
5: to go High School Musical 2, absolutely.
0: I don't really like either of these movies, to be honest with you. I'm trying to not get the High School Musical 2 slander going yet, but both of these movies are pretty bad. So, (laughs) like, I don't know. I feel like putting Thunderbird in the third round is a little dangerous. It's just... I don't know. And, and... I like the idea of the two high school musicals matching up. So, even though I don't really even like the second one, um, I'm going to move it forward because I like the idea of high school musical versus high school musical two. Uh, I kind of like that tale. So, I will do it just for this round.
3: And it's funny because my thinking was the opposite. Why do we want both high school musicals in the next bracket? So, I'm going to go Thunderbirds. <laughs> okay, <girl>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Unbelievable>. What?
2: What? <laughs> I try, trust it. I don't even like
0: inferior. it and I So are anybody gonna use their two for one pass or are we gonna make it uh leave it to Lady Luck?
4: I'm not. I'm leaving it to Luck.
0: Oh. Wait 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 wait. But beforehand, beforehand. Before
1: before we flip, how about this? I will give both Andrea and Hayden a chance. To flip my vote right now. And we all know how much I love High School Musical. Or High School Musical 2 I guess I should say. I will give them a chance right here, right now. If either one of them... Wait, you know what? No, I changed my mind. I, I'm not stopping my vote. I'm both for High School, <laughs> School Musical Uh High School Musical 2 is by far the better movie between the two here. And we absolutely should have the High School Musical versus High School Musical 2 matchup in the finals. I, I think it makes way more sense to have those two in the finals than High School Musical Thunderbirds in the finals. Most people don't even know Thunderbirds. Whereas High School Musical and High School Musical 2 are number one and number two most iconic movies for Vanessa Hudgens. They're easily two of her best performances. She's barely even in Thunderbird. She's like the third or fourth most important character. She has like five scenes total if you count them. It makes no sense about her to put that movie in the finals against High School Musical over High School Musical 2 when they are destined to be paired off against one another in the finals there. It should be the final showdown for the Vanessa Hudgens. The only two movies that are even relevant to her career. Absolutely. It should be High School Musical 2 over the Thunderbirds there. This is silly that you guys are, for a joke, going to put Thunderbirds School <laughs> <over Osney laughs> Musical.
5: Yeah.
0: I, uh, I agree it's hilarious, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I'm with you, though, Tristan. Like, I don't even like High School Musical 2, but it's fitting to have really the only two movies people know her for. No one knows any of these other movies. Uh, to have them face off. So, I don't even like the second one, but out of, out of the story for Hudgens alone. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my vote for it. Although, the one argument you said, Tristan, I do have to counterpoint. You said she's only, like, the third main character of Thunderbird. She's definitely only the third main character for High School Musical 2. Sharpay and Troy are definitely more important than That's her. fair. I, yeah, that's I understandable. Yeah. yeah, she's also the third She's, one.
1: like, equally as... Uh, High School Musical 2 is most definitely more of an ensemble film, where Thunderbird has a main character, secondary character, and then she's in the third tier character. Whereas High School Musical 2 is an ensemble film. It's a massive cast. She's one of the most important ones in the
5: Yeah.
4: All right. So that's two votes each. Uh, uh, and... I'm gonna switch my vote. I think Justin brought up a good point. Uh as much as I wanna fuck with him, uh, <laughs> I think uh, Thunderbirds isn't even that good of a film. I think is high school musical too.
1: But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, high school 2 is also just the better film. It is. If you look at it, objectively speaking, it's the better of the two. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a little bit
0: better. Oh. But uh
4: yeah, so I'm but gonna I'm switch my vote. Yeah.
0: Also, this is the last round to use your two-for-one, so both of you guys will have yours null and void by the next round.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, that's why I wanted to make it a tie, but I don't know. I feel like I, High School Musical 2 needs to All right.
3: Yeah, you can just switch mine, too, then. That's fine.
0: <laughs> and just doesn't want to be the last defender. Thunder no, right? yeah. no,
3: no, no. High School Musical 2 is better. I just did that vote because uh, Hayden voted on Thunder
0: first. <laughs> Andrew supported the joke. I appreciate it. <laughs>
5: Andrea
3: just wanted
0: chaos. Yeah. <laughs> God, I <laughs> did. Yeah, Andrea is, uh, yeah, she's an agent of chaos in this bracket. <laughs> so it just went from almost Thunderbird just overthrowing it, because <laughs> me and Tristan used our two for ones, and the other two didn't, to coming out with a unanimous vote there, Tristan. That, that, that was a good speech
2: you made. That was good. That was good. Hopefully I can pull it off next round. Yeah. 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 I should have passed Thunderbirds. Just a guarantee. I thought that's what you are
0: planning on. Well, Hayden, what Hayden, mean- Hayden. When you voted for Thunderbirds in my head, I was like, I could vote for Thunderbirds just to lock High School Musical forward because I'm with you on the same camp of High School Musical. Yeah.
4: That's, that's what I was doing, yeah. but I was like, well,
0: but, oh, uh, here's, you know, right. but, you know, I, 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 yeah, I got to play a little fair here. I, I can't do that to poor Tristan. And- well, I would <laughs> be so mad at Hayden if I use my <laughs> two-for-one ticket
1: to save <laughs>
0: Knives <laughs> Out and then he butchers me with
2: his.
4: Oh I would my be, God. Oh. <laughs> that mean? He goes, Hayden, you should use it and i looked at it but i'm like no i'm not going to knowing that's what my plan was. Uh,
2: that
0: would that would have been hilarious, hilarious. I, I would have loved been... to be the bug on the wall on after this podcast is over with tristan and hayden yeah relationship ruined <laughs> <laughs> that's even funnier actually. I, I would have
1: been that
0: bad i would have been a little I, I,
5: have been
0: I would love the idea of your relationship being ruined over thunderbirds all right, so into round three, really are the the semi finals, because we're going into the finals after this with the four. Oh, well, but one, a out. question about how the finals works here,
1: only because um the way the brackets set up here is different. Last year, I remember we just kind of had the winner of each of the four you know quadrants kind of face off in a free for all. That's four what we're doing. Or yeah. just kind of discuss the four films and rank them there. Here it's set up like it's going to be like a uh, Marilyn Rose versus Tony Colette, and then
5: yeah, e it, it's, it's
1: just to visualize it. That we're still going to do it that way. Okay, that's what I thought, but I want to double-check before.
5: Yeah.
0: So, this is really the semi because the next round after will be the finals. So, we have, for Monroe, the last two films, Niagara and Some Like It Hot. Uh, I think this might be the only unanimous vote of the four we're going to be having here. Maybe. Uh, I could be wrong. But um, as much as I really love Niagara, and I really wish Monroe did more films in that style, uh, something like it hot, uh, you know, Billy Wilder. It, it's a blast, it's way more rewatchable. I don't know if I'll ever see Niagara again, and I will definitely see Something Like It Hot again, so I'm going to vote for that one.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I've obviously been a
0: I guess the, the down
1: Niagara moves this time here. Not that I don't like the film, I just don't love the film. Uh, Something Like It Hot for sure has my vote. Like I said, I think it's I laughed so hard at parts of that movie, I thought it was so. Something like it hot, easy vote for me. Uh,
4: yeah, I'll join on to that. I really like Niagara. I think it's the third best Marilyn Monroe film. But Some Like a Hot is just... Like, I don't want to say I love it, but like yeah, I
2: love it. It's so good. So yeah, I'm voting for it.
3: And mean, you might as well make that four. I'm voting for it as well.
2: Let's go, BB!
0: <laughs> Alright. Uh, then, for the Tony Collette side, we have her last two films Hereditary and Knives Out. I feel like this one might be a bit of a divide, but I... Might have voted for Muriel's Wedding if it was here, but I'm going to vote for Hereditary because that, that, that's actually her best film. It is better than Muriel's Wedding. I was just doing it for a joke, but genuinely, really love Hereditary. Uh, every time I think about it, I just love it more and more. Uh, it's, it's a great horror film, and
4: it's a great Tony Collette performance. Fuck Hereditary. What a nice op.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, I love
1: both these movies. I think they're both A+. Plus if you haven't seen either one what the hell are you
2: doing? Go watch them. They're both fantastic. Uh, I, I think the real reason why I'm going to give her he's, I might more than that. I'm really slow. Uh, but Tony Klaas' performance in Hereditary is very good. And at,
1: whenever I can't decide which movie I like more is her performance I, sh- I, I feel more strongly about than the other. And as far as Tony Klaas' performance in these two films, I do feel she was, you know, like one of the, the main takeaways is, wow, that was hereditary. Her performance in Hereditary elevated that movie to the next level for me. And Knives Out, she did great. She always has knowledge, but Knives Out was a big ensemble cast. I, I don't quite know if I can really give her, her the edge on there, so I'm going to go with Hereditary, although these two movies are both incredible.
4: I don't like Hereditary very much, but like that being, she wasn't the biggest role in Knives Out. Hereditary was her film.
3: Yeah. And, um, yeah, for me, like I said all along, I think Hereditary is her best performance. So I'm going with Hereditary.
2: Hereditary
0: is like Hayden's seven psychopaths. Because last year, Tristan had seven psychopaths, and he was so close to getting G Force all the way to the end for Sam Rockwell. But unfortunately, seven psychopaths is just too good that it trumped Tristan's favorite. And it's kind of like this year. I feel like Hayden. Really didn't want right Hereditary to make it all the way to the end. And this is, this is blocking him.
4: I, yeah, but like I knew it. she has such a good performance in the film. Even though I don't like it, I can respect the performance.
1: Oh, I picked Sam Rockwell, who was in A Other Way.
4: You didn't pick Way, Way Back?
1: I uh, never even heard of Way, Way Back. And when I looked through the list of Sam Rockwell movies to pick from, I, I guess I just scrolled right by it. Like, I remember there's a couple other ones, and I ended up not picking those ones. and I picked the ones I picked. And I, Yeah, I don't even know why Way, Way Back wasn't a consideration. I never heard of it before we put it on this podcast here, so it worked out pretty well. We managed to have it on this one instead, so.
0: Yeah, Sam Rockwell's got to have at least one guest appearance in every... I uh, hope so. I love Sam Rockwell. In every movie madness from here on out. All right, so Hereditary is moving on to the finals. For the Michelle Pfeiffer corner, we have her last two films, One Fine Day and Scarface. I don't know. Two movies that often get compared with one another.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Conversation and movie going circle. What's the better film? And I'm pretty split myself, as with most people. Um, although One Fine Day was a good time, uh, I will be giving my vote here to uh,
0: Scarface. I'm going to throw another vote to the Scarface corner. Uh, I do like both these films. They are kind of poor opposites One's like a 90-minute romantic film, and one of them is a three-hour epic. So it is kind of funny to see the two of them face off here. I do like them both. This is probably her two best films uh, of this entire group, so I'm glad they both made it here. But uh, you know, how can you say no to Scarface? I'm I'm gonna vote for Scarface.
5: Okay. <laughs>
0: Hayden and Andrew always like hiding in the corners, waiting to be the last we vote. Are,
5: we <laughs> well, are. me and Hayden
0: were
1: actually whispering over here. We're looking at of, his. You show me his rankings for all the movie categories here.
4: He had it all on his phone this whole time. He just pulled it. Out. So uh, I, I was I was kind of just saying Scarface. Um, it was three hours of my time. I'm never gonna get that back. <laughs> uh, I could have watched One Fine Day twice. That has my boy Alex. Uh, One Fine Day was just so cute. I'm not a huge rom-com fan, but uh, George Clooney and uh Michelle Pfeiffer did it. I don't know. I really, really enjoyed watching it. One, one fine day.
1: Can I just jump in here and let everyone know this? All the Michelle Pfeiffer movies, eight of them ranked right. <laughs> one fine day is his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> one of all the Michelle Pfeiffer movies you watched, here, one fine day is his favorite. <laughs> but yes. it right at the top.
3: That's awesome. I'm glad that someone likes One Fine Day as much as me. Uh, you know, since you guys voted Scarface, I'm gonna go One Fine Day. <laughs> <laughs> no way. You gotta deadlock. Leave it up to <laughs> yes. fate. Leave it up to fate. Let's see.
0: I can't believe it. I I can't believe it. We are yeah. going to actually have a tie for one fine day in Scarface. This is incredible. Unbelievable. Chris, you should have voted for Stardust. We, we could have tried to get rid of this earlier. Oh, you could have. Me?
1: Oh, I would have never. I, I stand by my vote for one fine day over Stardust. He doesn't
4: like Stardust. I would have then gotten rid of
0: my Unbeli- I can't believe it. Oh, no. This is terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I would have definitely. Yeah. Are we not
1: going to see if anyone wants to flip first? We're right to randomization?
0: Um, well, I was going to set it up. But yeah, we, we could definitely talk it through. You're
1: not flipping, Andrea. I don't think it's gonna. No.
0: (laughs) Wait. Sorry. 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 Who's the one you think could be
2: persuaded here? Trust me. (laughs) Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Oh, we can't. I can't believe this. And like, Michelle Pfeiffer was the fourth most important. How are we allowed to negotiate
1: here, Quentin? Because (laughs) yeah, hey, I will flip if you vote for a high school school (laughs) musical two (laughs) next round.
4: What? Unbelievable! Like, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep with myself if I vote for High Thank you, Hane. I
0: appreciate that. Like, S- I, stick to you your
4: guns. I'm still like I like High School music more. Yeah. But, like you could persuade me there also.
5: Oh, I have my <laughs> p- p- speech prepared. Don't worry. Um, a model, I don't. I should.
1: I thought about writing something down. Like I, I had it written. started writing. Like I'm not gonna write. I'll go. Like here, no. I'll take my vote for Scarface. Random. random uh, randomize. Yeah.
0: Randomize. That. All right. I can't believe it. There's no persuading you, Andrea. No, no
4: just do it. What
0: about you, Hayden? No, no chance.
4: No, it's it's my favorite.
0: I can't believe it. uh, this. I'll be fine. I, I I will not be fine. <laughs> it's not
4: I want to be that list. bad. So this, far, the top one has won every time. So this will be you.
0: one terrible day if if, if this. Like, like honestly,
1: of the three randomization ones, this is the one I care the least. The other two I was really hoping mine would win. Really, Here I'm like,
0: eh, whatever wins. Yes, I agree. Honestly, I'm the opposite. This is the one I care about. The other two, I didn't really care. I I used my ticket just because I knew we weren't probably going to get a tie again, so why not? I didn't really care if Muriel made it, but this one, uh, this is all the marbles. Alright, so those listening, One Fine Day, which is a movie no one has heard of, might overthrow (laughs) one of the greatest films of all time, Scarface. Let's see which comes out on
2: top, and it is Scarface. Oh,
5: thank you.
4: Uh, (laughs) Scarface is is the deserving uh, I should have voted for it, probably.
0: But I just... No, I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, you, you really made me almost shit my pants there. Not gonna lie,
4: though. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I,
0: I, I was getting nervous there. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Oh, thank God. Uh, justice is brought back to society. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're gonna have another tough vote here. I think okay. it's gonna be another close one. Because...
1: I, I, I think so, too, Quinton.
0: Rounding it out. We have Vanessa Hudgens here. And the face-off is... High School Musical versus High School Musical 2. And there's absolutely no convincing me. Uh, one of them I, I would say is bad. And one of them I would say is one of the greatest musicals of all time. Is one of the best, well, the best Disney Channel film of all time. A genuine classic High School Musical. Everything about High School Musical is incredible. Uh, it, that's a real ensemble cast. High School Musical 2 is really the Troy and Sharpay show. And even Sharpay is kind of like... Pathetic in the in the second one. I think she's way more fun as just like a side twirly mustache villain in the first one. I'm voting for the first one. Also, it's just way cringier the first one, and it's hilarious. Like all the background characters are like just like staring at their lockers, just waiting till the scene ends. Like if like nobody knows what they're doing. It's amateur hour over there. It's so funny. It's so bad. It's hilarious. I genuinely love it. So I'm gonna vote for the first
4: one and I'm ready for the tie. Yeah. Uh, here, I'll hop in now. Um, I was honest. I'm, I'm, I was pretty on the edge. Well, I'm important number one. I was thinking Tristan could persuade me, but the way Quinn was just talking, about how like Sharpay was awesome. Number one, number two, she also kind of felt. Ryan, I believe he stayed just as good in the first and second. I mm-hmm. love my boy Ryan, even though I forgot his. Name. Um, but I don't know. It, like the story in the first one kind of felt like Greece. How they met up on a big well, It was summer vacation. This one it was New Year's Eve. And then they went to the same school, fell in love. I don't know. It was just such a good story. The music in this one was awesome. Uh, I loved the Breaking Free song at the end, the whole final plan to stop basketball games to so have time to go perform. All of it was just so much fun and well executed. And that's why I'm going to vote for High School Musical 1.
1: I will be the first to acknowledge that High School Musical, the original, is an absolute classic. An absolute bang. quite possibly one of, or in my opinion, probably the second greatest TV movie ever made. I, I, I really do think High School Musical is is near perfect in everything it tries to do, uh, including the, the the cringy background act and Troy and uh, Zach Efron's acting, which is consistent throughout the franchise as mm-hmm. it should be. Uh, I think High School Musical is really great, but I think High School Musical Two is everything a sequel should be and more. I think High School Musical Two is an absolute classic. Right from the beginning, you can tell this thing's bigger and better than the original. And it hits you that in the face right from the beginning, with a, a phenomenal opening scene, a fan, with a fantastic opening number in summertime, right? Immediately letting you know, this one not taking place in the high school, all right? This time, it's summer vacation, baby. things are gonna be different, both for the audience and for the people in the show there in the past. Things, things aren't quite what they seem here. This movie goes all over the place, but in the best way possible. You're never confused or over, it's never thrown too much at you, all right? You always know what's going on. Every song on this one is an absolute banger. The music in High School Musical 2 is far better than the music in High School Musical 1. And that's saying a lot. The music in High School Musical 1 is already great. But the music in 2 takes it another, another step up. Every song on there is a banger. And you guys, I don't know what you guys are saying about how it's not an ensemble cast. It's just a Troy and Sharpay show. Because that couldn't be further from that. Every character most definitely gets their moment to shine in this one. Even more so than the first one. A lot of the other subsequent characters, they even add in some new characters like Ryan and Sharpay's parents, parents, uh, Mr. Fulton, the, uh, the, the, the nerdy butler guy who's in charge of the teen jobs at the resort. I think High School Musical 2 does everything High School Musical 1 does but better. It adds so much to the lore and the mythos and moves the characters on from their, their junior year to their senior year in a really elegant way that adds to the characters, adds to the relationships, not just rehashing what happened in the first one, but building on. And it's something that you don't see a lot of sequels do, particularly not a lot of Disney, particularly not a lot of Disney Channel sequels do this. This movie knocks it out of the park every step of the way.
3: Yeah, um, I don't know. After watching both of them, um, <laughs> I I honestly I like High School Musical One better, oh. so my vote's probably going there.
0: <laughs> I thought you I thought you liked two better. Really? I close. thought you
4: wanted to like two more.
0: Yeah, it's the
1: better movie? has got better music, better performances. Uh, you can't, can't even say he's got better music.
2: music. Uh, the only it's... thing
1: he can to is the runtime. It's a little longer than the first one. Other than that, a near perfect. Breaking Free is the best song of the both.
2: Uh, it's not, though.
0: All no, right. it's not. The, the best song is still from number one, and that is Stick to the Status Quo, where like one guy admits he secretly likes playing the cello, and the other guy secretly admits oh. he likes to bake, and yeah, everyone is, is like, everyone acts like they just admitted they murdered a child. They're like, no Stick to the status Quo is easily the best song. So
5: good. Um,
1: But I think I gotta go with Gotta Go My Own Way um, from High School Musical 2 as being my favorite song in the franchise. Possibly even Bet On It, also from High School Musical 2, might be my favorite in the franchise. It's one of those two, probably.
0: Well, that's pretty fitting since you're going your own way with this vote here. I really am. Yeah.
2: I am not. And you know what? I will die on this hill all right i will
1: this is the hill i'm going to die on i have no shame you guys are all all right it's phenomenal but high school musical 2 is even better so anyways high school musical i'm never going to stop pitching this i will this will be on my gravestone oh my
0: god all right well (laughs) we we might be dead by the end by the time this podcast ends we'll we'll see but anyways tristan uh, unfortunately was not able to convince us this time high school musical one is moving forward here so with that, we have our final four. We have Some Like It Hot, Hereditary, Scarface, and High School Musical. And this is kind of where we make the big debate here. Where do we want to place which film? Uh, does anybody have any preferences so
2: far? Like, yeah, is there, is there one I that sticks out as, like, the clear number four?
4: Sorry, what did you say, Quentin? Tristan just shouted High School Musical number <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just about to say, is there one that's, like, a clear number four here?
2: Um... um. I think I think there's a clear one, two, and a clear. I'm willing to go either way on the one, two, and the fours. Okay, I think there's a clear one and two, and a clear
0: three and four. I wonder if it's the same yeah. as Tristan, though. Um,
1: I'm going to say that Hereditary and High School Music. I'm like a hot Scarface, three, four. I'm, going, I'm willing to go either way on the one.
2: Sorry, Tristan, what's Sorry. between three and four
4: here?
1: Some like a hot and Scarface. Oh, my
4: God. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm a little different. I think, even though I don't like Hereditary very much, I think Hereditary and some like a hot
2: two scarface and high school musical are three and four what about you do do you see like a clear three and four for me
0: i guess i'll go right now i think the clear three and four uh is high school musical and hereditary and by actually clear three and four is 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 a little rude to hereditary hereditary is
2: really good i think the clear four number is a high school musical for real yeah 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 for real uh i'll tell you right now I'm putting
0: Scarface at number one. I think Scarface is a masterpiece. I watched it once, the very beginning of this. Angie didn't want to watch it with me, so I watched it by myself. I, and I thought it was pretty good. I think I was where you guys were at. I re-watched it with her last night. And I don't know if it's because it's recency bias, but I, I couldn't have been more wrong on my re-watch. I think Scarface might be like top 30 film of all time. I think it is incredible. It is so fucking good. It's easily my favorite gangster movie. It's easily... One of the most epic films ever, like one of my favorite three-hour films. Like you feel it; it is awesome. So I'm okay with giving it like second, maybe third. I, I we cannot get a fourth place. We something's worse than this. Come
2: on. I wait. Well, and you gave your pitch before Andrew gave her three and four. One and two.
3: For me, I think I think the bottom two. Would be some like a hot in high school musical.
5: Interesting. So we're
2: all kind of all over the place here. I kind of like that. Yeah. That's good. Did Hayden have high school musical in his bottom two as well? No. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, he has Scarface in high school
5: musical. Yeah. So that's three of us that have
2: high school
0: musical in our bottom two of the four.
4: My order goes some like a hot number one.
5: Like best?
2: Yeah. Predatory is number two ice cream Musical number three, Scarface number. I think Scarface, the three-hour runtime is just yeah. The three-hour runtime was killing long. me. I can watch High School Musical twice in that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but would you want to? I guess you would.
1: But I, I, I would. I'd
2: prefer. Yeah.
0: One
1: hundred percent, I'd want to.
0: Yeah. Can we at least talk about how amazing that moment in Scarface was? When Al Pacino believes Frank has turned on him, but to test him, he pays someone to call him at exactly three o'clock and say, he got away, we screwed up. So when he's in the meeting with Frank and Frank gets the call, he's like, oh, I, we'll just ignore it, it's not a big deal. We, we can keep talking, Al Pacino. And he's like, no, 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 answer it, answer He's like, ah, it's probably just Michelle Pfeiffer. You, you, you can just ignore it. it, it's fine. He's like, oh, well, here, I'll quickly tell her you're not near, you're not nearby then, I'll, I'll answer the phone. Al Pacino is forcing him to answer the phone. So he picks it up. And he hears, we screwed up. He got away. And if Frank had no involvement with his murder, he would be like, who the fuck are you? Like, what are you guys talking about? But instead he's playing a comedy. He goes, oh, I'll see you soon, Michelle Pfeiffer. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit late at work. I'll, I'll talk to him later. Hangs up the phone. And that, Al Pacino is loyal to his word. He would have not turned on Frank. But in, once he heard that phone call, he knew without a doubt it was Frank that tried to set Al Pacino up and kill him. And that's when he pulled out the gun and just said, You cockroach, and just fucking shot,
2: and that's so fucking good. Ah. Yeah, but can we also talk in equal same vein about how both the
1: basketball game and the academicathlon (laughs) and the school audition for the musical were all at the same time? (laughs) At the same time. And in order for them to go do the callbacks together, just wait until I tell you what they had to do, man. <laughs> All right. I think
0: we know what's the better
1: film here, Quentin. I'd yeah. say we put Scarface. Unbelievable.
0: I I don't know. Andrew, Andrew, which one do you like less? I guess Hayden and Tristan are both on High School Musical over Scarface. Are you feeling the same way as
2: Scarface 4? No?
3: No, I'm not.
2: Can we put High School Musical 4 in Scarface 3? Absolutely I like- not. <laughs> I will not. Wait, wait, wait. So,
4: does that mean Scarface?
0: I'll put Scarface at three. I know it's not gonna win with you three guys, but I cannot let High School Musical beat it. I can't.
1: No, but I'm the same one. I can't let Scarface beat High School Musical. I know, I know. Can, can I can't we let High School Musical dead last year, guys? It's not appropriate. Can you we leave it, have... it for Lady Luck? Like, uh, like, I'll do that. Guys, look, it's a... we look. High School Musical is easily the most fun of these topics.
0: Well, I just I know which
1: one I've seen the most, and I'm going to watch the most
4: Ooh. again. High School Musical is more fun than Something Like a Hot.
1: You know, what? I, you know, Something Like a Hot's pretty pretty close. Pretty yeah, Something close. Like a Hot's really However, fun. Some I thought is real fun, but High School Musical just skips the shitty first 20 minutes. It goes right to the good stuff. There is no bad moment in High School.
5: <laughs> well, I don't There's no kids.
1: moment that's not fun and goofy and hilarious and a good time. It never gets dulls or dips or has boring moments. It's always a good time. It's always a blast. I can't say the same for any of these. Uh, I think the Wildcat
0: song is really boring. Anything basketball-related is pretty tough. I just gotta get your head in the game is a banger. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I so
4: love
5: long how
0: long. He, he's mad like- Guys, imagine if High School Musical 2 made it. This would have been nuts.
4: Oh, no. If High School Musical 2 made it, definitely.
0: Yeah, I know. I just I mean, trust me, would have been way more passionate. It would have been pretty
2: good. High School Musical 2 is, is better than High School Musical oh, Yeah. One. I'll sit here and argue for High School Musical <laughs> 2 I'm willing to flip. Scarface number three. High All right. If we're going to go High School 4, Scarface 3, that's,
0: it is what it
5: is. These guys are wrong, but you can that.
0: be embarrassed again. All right, well, me and Tristan both lost our number one for the bracket. Uh, he had High School Musical, I had Scarface. So we're now down to Some Like It Hot and Hereditary to get the title here. Uh, well, which one do you guys think is the winner? I'm really torn. I really love both of these films. It's no Scarface, but they're both really good. So honestly, uh, it's between you three. I'll, I'll vote with the majority. I, I, I'm down for either being the winner. I really like them both. Uh, I know I am
1: personally leaning more towards Hereditary. Once again, it's always a more rewatchable film. Even if we assume both movies are on equal par, at that point you drop it down to the actress's performance and there's no compliment. Tony Collette's performance in Hereditary is phenomenal. Marilyn Monroe in Something Like a Hot was very good, but she wasn't even the best part of the movie for me. That's true. Whereas uh, Tony Collette's performance in Hereditary is some of the
0: best moments. And so that's why I'm going to give it to Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I agree with you about the performance. Uh, Something Like a Hot Jack Lennon is, is, is the standout for me. He's, he's definitely the best part of the film, uh, while Hereditary is definitely Tony Collette. Uh, but I do believe, for me at least. Something like it Hot is way more rewatchable. Like I feel like I'll throw that on a bunch. I I've seen Hereditary once, and I, you know, I can go a little bit long with
5: that.
1: Know, I don't think either one of these are super rewatchable. Well, yeah, like High School Musical.
5: <laughs> no, but for,
1: I'm being honest. I know in my lifetime, if you count out how many times I watch these four movies, High School Musical will double if not triple the other. and I know that. From when I was 18 and older, count those movie watches. I guarantee you High School Musical will for sure be the one I watch the most. Um, largely because it's 90 minutes. And You know, when I'm throwing on a movie casually for fun, I typically go with an older, slower, black-and-white film that takes a while to get into before it gets good. I'm not saying it's not a great movie. It is. Same with Hereditary Scarface. They're both longer, deeper, more complex mm-hmm. films. You've got to pay attention to whatnot. High School Musical is not. But between Hereditary and Sun Like a Hot, I do like Hereditary overall as a film more.
3: Yeah, I I agree with what uh with what Tristan just said. I think that I would put hereditary at number one and then some like a hot at number
4: two. As I've been saying, I'm not a huge fan of hereditary. Um I really like some like a hot. I didn't think it would come to this, but I'm gonna put some like a hot as number one, although I'm pretty sure hereditary is already up. But uh yeah, Tristan's saying about the actress, I agree, uh that Tony Clut did an amazing job. Uh and okay. if I were to view it as that I'd give it to hereditary, but no, nah, I'm I'm going for something like Hot just because I like.
0: It. Um, I'm not gonna force a tie. Huh? I feel like leaving it to Lady Luck on the very last one. That would be little, That'd be
1: a little. that disappointing.
0: Yeah, it, you know, it's fun for yeah. chaos in the middle, but at the end, you want like a defined winner, not luck to dictate. So, I'm gonna go with the majority. I love both these films. I would have been happy with either of them being the winner. Uh, I think something like it, Hot's more rewatchable, but for an actress bracket. Uh, I think it's pretty deserving to have really the the actress performance of a lifetime with Tony yeah. Collette and Hereditary. That seems like a worthy winner for this bracket. So I'll vote for Hereditary.
3: Yeah, I said from the very beginning that Tony Collette was going to win this entire thing. That's um, pretty close. For Hereditary. I, so I that, I
1: thought the same thing too, Andrea. I do not yeah. know
4: what. I thought Tony Collette would win the whole thing over. Oh, I knew it was going to be Hereditary. Just because I knew it would come down to Hereditary Knives. And I would vote Knives Out, but then you guys would all vote Hereditary because of how big of a Well, hey, it almost came down to Miro's wedding, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think when doing so the good. two big takeaways I
1: have from this, uh, watching all these movies here was Toni Collette is in a lot of really great films, and her performance in those films is typically always really good, more yeah. than I was expecting her to be. Um, and Michelle Pfeiffer is kind of the opposite. She's in a lot of bad movies. In fact, I was surprised that most of the Michelle Pfeiffer movies I didn't really care for. Uh, besides a couple of them, although she's great in all of them, I, I don't think I thought she'd be in a lot more high caliber films. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I thought Michelle Pfeiffer would be in in, in Oscar type film You know, when I
2: assume of her, that's what I think. Maybe because I just think of I don't
1: know.
2: Yeah. Anyways, that's everything on our end. Uh, four fantastic actresses, one
0: fantastic winner. Uh, congratulations, Tony Collette and Hereditary. Uh, that was a worthy win. The only person that voted against her. Was the person that picked her. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
2: That's everything on Aaron, guys. Have a fantastic day.